Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo esports podcast. This is episode 99. 99! For the week of November 5th, 2019. My name is Josh, aka JK Fire, and this week I'm joined by the man in the Minnesota Rockar and, well, uh, Minnesota Rocker merch and drinking the new Orange Storm. I forgot the name of it already. Mountain Dew Game Fuel. Will, aka I am Mr. Mayhem. Will, how are you on this? Wait for it. Tuesday. Wait for it. Night. Man, I'm hanging in there. I'm tired. This Game Fuel is definitely getting me through. It is, um, the the name of it is Charged Orange Storm. It's pretty tasty. That's a name. Yeah pretty good though i like it uh i'm doing fine a lot of things went on today we got some new news it was a productive day there was a lot that went on but yes we are here to talk some halo we are josh a lot of it yes will how was your day (laughs) uh i guess you could say productive as well we had a showing on the house uh they weren't interested that's besides the point it was just yeah it was a it's a long day but basically so the reason why We'll just get into it now. Before we get into what's coming up on the show, I just want to say this. The reason why we're recording later than usual is because the five years of HCS, the anniversary post is officially live. We wanted to wait to record the show until after the post went live so we can read through it on the show. We can discuss it and so on and so forth. So that's what we got. That's that's the big thing. The big thing for this week. But yeah, that's just one thing we're going to talk about. Will... I'm going to transition myself here. Do it up. Do you want to know what's coming up on this episode? What do we got? So, first and foremost, we have a few change-ups to the show format. So, before we get into the rest of what's coming on the show, let's just say this. Will and I discussed it, and we have a new format for how the show is going to go through, okay, for each segment. They're in different orders now, and the news is split in two. So you know how we always talked about competitive news and regular news separately? Well, now they are two full-on separate segments. Yep. One happens near the beginning of the show, which is competitive because we're mainly a competitive podcast. And then the regular part happens later on in the show when we're not talking about the competitive stuff anymore. And Will, the producer, will not fall asleep in his chair from Josh talking forever. Basically, that's it. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is the first episode of the different format that we got for the show, so stay tuned for the wacky craziness that's going to ensue. Also on the show, we have Gears Esports gets off to a rocky start. Call of Duty League information continues to flow in. MLG founders begin anew. Tashi looks for the looks toward the future of Halo Esports. Will gets to have some fun with some rosters. We have tournament league recaps. We have the first matchup of the HCS Pro Talk Community All-Star Bracket, or HPTCASB for short. We have MCC and Reach on PC details emerging, and we played some games. So, Will, without further ado, we're not going to start the show off with with the thing that we usually start the show off with. Instead, we're starting the show off with COD and other games. Watch. Oh, feels good to start, you know, just fucking kick into it like that, you know? Yeah. Why not? So, first piece of COD and other games watch, we have Benson goes off. On Gears Esports, this is by Benson over on Twitter, and I quote, I'm sorry, but someone at the Coalition or Microsoft now needs to be held accountable. 
The official Pro League started today, and there's been nothing done to promote it outside of members of the community tweeting players' streams. Are you kidding me? I said absolutely nothing through the rocky start to the season with all the problems the online aspect provided, assuming things would improve. But enough is enough. This isn't what Gears, Gears of War deserves for their or their community. To be completely honest, it's absolutely pathetic. Talking on behalf of myself, I am absolutely ashamed that this is how the start of something so promising has turned into. On behalf of the Gears Esports fans, I am so sorry. You are an awesome community and absolutely do not deserve this. Talking directly to at Coalition Gears, this isn't good enough. You need to say something because silence isn't good enough either. We are trying to turn Gears Esports into something special and incredible fans around the world care about. This is not acceptable. Again, to every fan of Gears Esports, whether you are a fan of me or not, it really doesn't matter at this point. I apologize on their behalf. Do what you can, tweet players' streams, and try to follow as best you can. We need change, and we need it soon. So, I don't know if you mentioned this, but if you don't know who uh, Benson is, he is an esport talent at MLG and Activision. Yes. Um, and he, he kind of is right on the money here. Uh, Gears Esports was carried on for so long by MLG. And something just, they, something happened here. You know, obviously MLG dropped off from hosting Gears events. And we really don't know what's going on with the, with the Gears tournaments. It's kind of sad. It's very sad. Uh, so I looked up the Gears Esports Twitter account as well. They've been doing a little bit of a better job keeping people informed, but they are not really promoting other people's streams, which is kind of a big issue. And the fact that it's one account, you know, it's not coming from anywhere else. It's not coming from the official tournament organizer or anything like that. It's kind of disheartening. And yeah. considering how good they used to be, now something that I want to mention here is who is the previous tournament organizer of years events? Right, MLG. Exactly. So... And we kind of, not to throw more shade, but we kind of saw that happen with Halo as well, right? When MLG left, things kind of dropped a little bit. Then when MLG came back, they're like, oh my God, this is what it used to be like. This is fantastic. Then MLG left again. And here we are. So now the original people of MLG have left and they've started something new, which we're going to be talking about shortly which is fantastic, and hopefully it shines a little bit of light on the HCS scene as well. Hopefully it brings something towards the future there. Just a, just a hope, you know? Um, but yeah, Gears definitely deserves better. It's it's a diehard competitive scene, and I, I love watching it, and I don't even play very often, and I think it's still fantastic. The rivalries that are there, the storylines that are there, Gears Esports is great. And so I, I would hate to see it dwindle because of poor, um, just, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Publicity, poor yeah, management. Promotion. Yeah, stuff like that, um, you know? Yeah, I was pulled into Gears Esports last season, I guess you could say, or last, whatever the last big tournament was. It was the first yeah. one I watched, and it I didn't realize how crazy it was. Mm -hmm. And the players, what they're doing, they definitely deserve to have that light shown on them. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. Um, maybe this new 
whatever the new MLG venture is, right, picks picks back up, and we'll see what happens. And yeah, absolutely. Next news story we got in Cod and other games. Watch the Minnesota Rocker are real. Will is wearing their merch right now, so that's that is how you pronounce it. That is their actual name. They showed off the logo as well. Now, Will, what is the actual pronunciation for what this would be? So. It's, um, if you go back to the Norse and like the, the Nordic regions and how they would pronounce it, it'd be, um, it, give it your best oh, shot. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like Ruka or the, so the, the O makes the EU sound. Okay. So it's, uh, you put me on the spot. I, can, I know. It's funny cause I was doing it like five minutes before we started the show just fine. You were. And now I, now I can't pull it out. Well, sage fright. It's okay. Yep. I get it it's when all. I need to pee. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be like Roca. There you so go. So it kind of sounds like Rocker, but just with a... Anyway. Yeah, you're wearing their merch. Yeah, I'm excited for for the CDL this year. I'm excited as well. Uh, my merch is sitting in a lockbox somewhere that I don't have access to. Yeah, yep. that's unfortunate. Thanks, mail person. <laughs> uh, hopefully it gets, tur- it, it gets sorted out tomorrow. I contacted the post office. They know, so we'll see what happens. And then if you're interested in their merch, we included a link in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> go and wrap our team. Um, keeping with the Call of Duty theme here, the Seattle Surge are real. They showed off their branding as well. You can go ahead and check them out at the tweet that we include in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show. The Paris Legion are real the name the logo everything was shown off and the chicago huntsmen are real along with their merch which we include a link to in the google doc of the show notes of the show now their logo has been a topic of contention here the huntsman yes have you seen it will i I have okay it's got the two axes yes and whatnot right and it's so I ordered one of those hoodies with like, the logo on the back. Yeah. Before it was shown off. Okay. Oh, because they're like, Oh, it's only going to be made once. You know, they won't ship until the end of October, but, and it, it was before you knew what the logo looked like and everything. I do like the red and orange, like the, the fiery look to it. I like that, mm-hmm. but I have to say, I'm really not a big fan of their logo. I'm just not with the, with the two crossed axes and it's kind of got this shield behind it. Yep. See, here's the thing. I like their name. Yeah. The Huntsman. That sounds dope. I don't like their logo. The Minnesota rocker. I like their logo. I don't like their name. I get what they were trying to do with the name. Yeah. But I mean, when I'm I'm talking about the rocker here Yep. and um, they want to tap into that kind of, you know, Minnesota, there's a lot of, Scandinavian people here. Yeah. And that's kind of roots, you know, kind of brings people back. But um, they went with a a Nordic word that not a lot of people actually know how to pronounce. Yep. And it just, it doesn't make sense. Right. When you put out their, when they put out their announcement tweet and you see all the replies to it and they're like, is it, is it rocker or rocker like spelled differently or like yeah. pronounced differently? And the person, they probably have, Yes. <laughs> like, well, what, what is it? Wait, what, like, what does it mean? Like, what is yeah. it? How do you pronounce it? And yep. then it wasn't until I tuned into one of their streams that I heard them say rocker. And I'm like, I had a feeling that's what it was going to be. What, that, how they would pronounce it. Like, like you, you were talking about for simplicity's sake, probably. Mm-hmm. And at, le- at least hearing it from them. Now I can say it and not feel stupid about it. Sure. But 
that's besides the point. But yeah, the the huntsman could have went with something more like evil in the woods, right? Like yeah. something lurking or something Sure. you know, something a well, little different. Well, they had in the in the leaked image that what that turned out not to be true. They had the same type of logo as like logo as like the um the Oh my god. Was it one of the LA teams for the Overwatch League? It looked like a Minotaur or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It kind of looked like that. Something more intimidating. Yeah. Um, I could be totally wrong here, but like it it had just that Yeah, had that minimalistic like animal face of what it was. And I, I liked that more. I liked that a lot more than what we got here. But I mean, it is what it is. It'll it might grow on me. I got I, I we'll get the sweatshirt eventually, so I'll rock it. Not rocker, but, you know. I, I got you. Yeah, you got me. Um, Next piece of information here. Call of Duty League season launches January 24th, 2020. This is by Leak News on CallofDutyLeague.com, and I quote, Will and I are very excited for this because we finally got something here. Here we go. The inaugural season of the Call of Duty League will begin with the Call of Duty League launch weekend at the Minnesota uh, at the Minneapolis Armory from January 24th to 26th, 2020 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We actually got an event. And I, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I can't remember any other large eSport event that's ever happened here. The uh, the Armory is a couple blocks away from U.S. Bank Stadium as well. Yep. So it's uh, it's going to be a big night. I'm I'm very excited. I can't remember the last time, even if there is one, where a major esport event was held in Minnesota. I don't think there ever was one. Now we've had like Apex tournaments and whatnot um, in places. X Games, right? Oh, that's a good. We had the X Games here the last we three years. Did. Snipedown was there, but last, this just this year. That's a good point. I did not think of that. That we, technically would qualify. Right. We were also. That was taking place the same time Outpost Discovery was in Chicago. Got it. And that's where we were. Okay. Um, okay. Well, that's either way. That's awesome. So the event will be hosted by Minnesota Rocker, obviously. Um, all 12 professional Call of Duty League teams will compete across three days during the opening weekend of the regular season. The Call of Duty League follows a home versus away format with five versus five professional match play. And Call of Duty League launch weekend will also feature the season's first Call of Duty Challengers Open. In other words, it's going to be a big event. Very, very big. I'm wondering if the Armory is going to be able to hold it. Because I That's feel like question. this, I feel like it's going to sell out super quick. I now, honestly do. Now, for those who don't know what the Armory is, correct me if I'm wrong here, Will, but it's mainly used as a music event. Correct. Right? Like a concert hall yep. experience yep. or whatever. Yep, music venue. Yes, thank you. Um, So you're right. I, I don't know how this will really work out. Now... I've never actually stepped foot in the armory before. I was going to see a show there, but I I don't go to shows very often. I don't like crowds. I like to just listen to the music, you know. Um, you have been there, correct? The armory? Not since, uh, no, I haven't actually. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is going to be new for both of us. Um, yes, it looks like it's maybe, and people aren't going to know what I'm talking about, but it looks like it's a little bigger than the the, the palace. Yeah. And it's kind of got the same thing where I know there's um there's an upstairs like viewing box Correct. of what of like a they you know, have, suite. They have a balcony. Yeah. And I'm putting air quotes around this, but they have a quote unquote balcony that loops around a U shape, I believe. 
Yeah. And then the rest of it is just general admission floor. And based off the pictures that I've seen, the floor looks pretty big. Yeah. So it, I mean, <clears throat> it might be decent, stadium but, big. um, I'm worried with it being CDL first weekend. Like everyone's going to want to, this is like the event to kick off the, the year. Yeah. And all like the teams gonna, are going to be there. Uh, yeah. All teams. I feel it's going to, it's going to draw a crowd. Chicago's not that far away. People might drive over for it. Um, I'm hoping the venue can hold it. I hope so too, because as soon as tickets go on sale, you and I are going like you and I are buying tickets for it. We have to it's an event here. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. So for those interested in the CDL, go ahead and check that out. We'll obviously talk about when tickets go live. And then, uh, last two pieces here of cod and other games. Watch. We have CDL competitive settings. V one announces by call of duty league at call of duty league.com. And I quote, the rules below do not represent the final competitive settings, but an initial set of rules to kick off the season. Competitive settings version one have been developed in coordination between league administration and representatives, including players and coaches of the Call of Duty League. With the game having been released last week, we recognize that our final map set will need to be further refined than what we'll have in place of the first version of our rule set. That said, we'll be paying close attention to both uh, pro and amateur player feedback to ensure the best map set by uh, by season launch. Maps and modes may change at a later date. Our pro player community is heavily involved in the process, and we look forward to narrowing down our settings a bit closer to the start of the season. So they say that pro players are taken into consideration heavily here. Yet, all I hear pro players complaining about is the maps. Right. So how heavily included are they? Because from what I've heard from them, all they're saying is this better not be in competitive play. This better not be in competitive play. Or I'm looking on Twitter. It's like, these things need to be changed. They haven't been changed, blah, blah, blah. Who are they listening to? Right. Well, from what I've seen, um, like there's no claymores in competitive. Um, Thank God. Yeah. Those things are terrible. I mean, they're, they're amazing, but overpowered. Yeah. And there's, there's certain things that they'll, they'll take out now. It's been leaked that around, I saw new maps possibly, like eight or ten of them. Right, new and old, right? Yeah. yeah, so we'll see how that plays in. If those are out before CDL starts, True. what comes into competitive, what may rotate out. Um, and part of me wants to be like, sure, you don't like the maps, but it's the game. Like, that's... Right, what are you going to do? I mean, if you... Uh, the, the, the map design is part of what makes a new game a challenge every time, right? Um, if you want it to, to be strict gun skill, put each other in a two, you know, like a one V one with a couple barricades, you know, in the middle, like the maps are what make, what change it up. I mean, you still have the base COD gameplay. Um, I think the M four is going to be the meta unless something gets nerfed or changed. Um, I don't know if any pros are going to use the shotgun, but man, that thing better be not included. That think about it this way: you can dome somebody mid map. Like that's how good a shotgun is in the new Call of Duty. Like I've seen clips of just this. It's like a mini sniper. It's unbelievable. Like I, oh my god! Yes, the the those better not be included. Those so, are insane. But yes, they did provide a link. 
we'll, we'll have it in the Google Doc of the show yes. notes um, if you want to check out all the competitive settings. Absolutely. And then finally, the CDL Challengers schedule is live. This is by Call of Duty League. Again, over at calldutyleague.com. I was just, before we started recording the show, I was just in Nate Shot's stream. Yeah. And he, I don't, uh, he was mentioning, he's like, you know, I could build a Challengers League team. Oh, that's right. I remember. Yeah. He tweeted something out too. Yeah. I think. Which was kind of funny. Yeah. And he was like, <clears throat> he was thinking of like coming back to competing. Yep. Which would be kind of cool to see him back. I think he'd still have it. You think so? Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what he can do in the Challengers League. Yeah. Do it up. I want to see it. I want to see it. That'd be hilarious. He, comes, he just brings like this scrappy ragtag group of like uh, of, uh, retired professionals. He was playing with Tiny and a couple other pros. So we'll see what happens. He's got what it takes. Yeah. Um, that's it for COD. Another game. So watch. Will? Yeah. It's time for some competitive news. That's right. Now the competitive news segment's right here instead of later on. See? Format change. Get with the program. All right. First piece of competitive news. Tashi lakes the groundwork. This is by Tashi over on Twitter, and I quote, The post on November 5th is to establish our vision for Halo Esports for Infinite. Our mission, our goals, what we've learned, and how we're taking it forward, etc. It also tackles a lot of the questions that were asked to us, including questions from you two, actually, in regards to, like, uh, Moses and San, if I'm not mistaken, from the Twitter thread. We know this is a tough time for folks in the esports community at Halo Imp- as Halo Infinite bakes in the oven, uh, and it's not something we take for granted. We are working to lock in more events in the meantime, including ones for Halo Reach, so keep an eye out for that shortly. Also, said this to Druck, but don't think of this as an announcement. It's more of a deep look at how we're thinking about the future, our goals, vision, etc. It's a long blog, so I hope everyone reads it. Okay. So obviously the post has come out, but the reason why I wanted to include this here in the news is because this will set expectations, right? Don't think that you're going to get everything in the world in this post because you're not, okay? We're setting expectations for what's to come. Next piece of news. DreamHack Atlanta roster lock submission has been extended. This is by DreamHack Halo on Twitter, and I quote, We've extended the roster lock submission to be considered for direct seating into pool play uh, to November 8th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. Forms will be sent out periodically between now and then, so keep an eye out on those emails. So somebody tweeted out to them and asked them about roster lock because there was, like, basically no information out there whatsoever, Right? They finally came out and said that they're going to extend it because they probably didn't have any information out there to begin with. Great to see. I'm glad to see them on top of that. Awesome. Next news story. Uh, Elamite got his money. This, yeah. This is my Elamite. So the first tweet, October 25th, 18 months later and still nothing, add HTS uh, Mexico City by Gamela, Gamelta to the books for another event I wasn't paid for. On October 28th, update. I was contacted to resolve the issue. Previous uh, PM was let go from the company. So it was just a... uh, Miscommunication. Miscommunication. Yeah. I'm glad he got paid. Absolutely. Next up, Ultimega announces a new tournament. This is by Ultimega on Twitter, and I quote, Halo 3 2v2 tournament in SoCal. It's looking like we're going to do Saturday, November 23rd. So if you're interested, reach out to Ultimega via the tweet that's going to be included in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show. You know the drill. 
and uh, let them know you're interested. Next up, MLG co-founders launch esports infrastructure platform Vindex by Adam Fitch. Not Windex, the cleaner, no, Vindex. Vindex, you know, it's like how, yeah. I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. This is over on esportsinsider.com, and I quote, MLG co-founders Mike Sepso and Sundance DiGiovanni have launched esports infrastructure platform Vindex. The company, which was also co-founded by Brian Bender and Jason Garmis, has launched with $60 million in funding following its Series A round. Vindex's board members include the likes of Steve, Steve Bornstein, former CEO of ESPN, and Joel Greenblatt, founder of Gotham Asset Management. The platform is said to provide, quote, technology and services that power the richest experiences in esports, end quote, by helping, quote, publishers, esport leagues, and teams, end quote, according to a release. And then Di Giovanni told Esports Insider, quote, I'm incredibly excited to bring together so many talented people under the Vindex banner. With Esports Engine and NGE, we have an opportunity to play an instrumental role in crafting the world's largest esports initiatives, and today's announcement is just the beginning, end quote. Vindex has unveiled the acquisition of Next Generation Esports and launch of Esports Engine alongside its own announcement. The former is a production company and the latter is a turnkey esports operations company founded by Adam Apicella. As per its official website, Esports Engine is the, quote, same team that took MLG from from inception in 2002 to acquisition in 2016, leading the industry in innovation and execution, end quote. It will work with publishers, broadcasters, leagues, and teams by providing turnkey technology and services. Esports Engine has already struck a deal with the New York Subliners, the newly announced Call of Duty League franchise owned by Anbox. It will oversee the team's home series events for the inaugural season, which commences on January 24th. Awesome. So, remember when we all put our tinfoil hats on, and we're like, what the hell are these guys going to do now that they've all basically left? Well, turns out they all basically got back together and they're making, in my mind, the next generation of what MLG would be, right? Just bigger, better, more involved, more, um, I'd say more feelers out in different directions. To me, it's like, okay, so primarily they were just putting on events, right? Correct. They were TOs, tournament organizers. Yep. And now they're actually getting involved with teams with esport companies, other esport companies to help them facilitate and grow, right? Like, the, Hell like yeah. they partnered with the New York Subliners, so that means their home games when they're being broadcasted, it's going to be through this company. Yep. They're going to have top notch broadcasts. They're going to have probably the best graphics. Yes. They're going to have. It's going to be top of the line, and we might see a huge difference between a team that's doing it uh, uh, on their own internally and someone who's third partied this out. Couldn't agree more. And, and basically coming from the MLG side of things, seeing like knowing that they have already done all of this, like this is why I was so excited for this. My my tinfoil hat idea was that they're going to do like a, that they're going to come up with like a streaming platform, right? And therefore everything that goes through them will go through their streaming platform. You can watch it all. And I was, I, w- I was hoping that Halo would be the f- like one of their first partners, right? And now hearing what they're going to do, obviously it's not what my idea was, but hearing what they're going to be doing, I will, I agree with you. I think they're, I think they're going to put on probably the best events by far. They already had that groundwork perfectly with the MLG events. We talked about it with Halo. When MLG was doing Halo events, it was on another level. 
<clears throat> right? Everyone was talking about it. Oh yeah. And it's, it doesn't feel the same when it's not an MLG ran event. Now that they've left and made their own thing, having all of that knowledge with them, it's they're only going to go higher. Like this is going to be insane. Right. And you know, they've, they've branded themselves to the point where these other teams and organizations are going to hire them to help them build what they want to build. Right. Yes. So if you know, the Minnesota rocker want to, all of a sudden up their stream game and want to get more involved. They're going to reach out to these guys, not only for advice, but to come in and look at what they're doing and restructure. Right. Like they, I, I think this is an awesome business and business model that they're going to be able to provide great insight to these, these teams, organizations, whatever it may be to, to help grow esports. And I think this is only going to let them, I think this is only going to help them grow as a company as well. You know, it's, Man, this is awesome. I'm so happy. Uh, following with this, we have Esports Engine, a welcome from CEO Adam Apicella. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing the last name. I probably mispronounce it every time. Apicella? Apicella? I can see it either way. Right. Thank you. Um, this is over on esportsengine.gg. Here we go. Today, we're announcing the launch and funding of our new company, Esports Engine, a turnkey esports operations company specializing in competition operations, production, live broadcast, and ecosystem design. What began as a dream when I built Major League Gaming with Mike uh, Sepso and Sundance D. Giovanni over 16 years ago grew to working at one of the most prestigious publishers in the industry on the first party side. Through this journey, I realized that there was uh, immense operational opportunity in the industry. Solutions were needed to help with spiraling costs, inconsistent ex executions, and reinvention of the wheel every time a new title released or a business model changed. That insight is what led me to co-found Esports Engine with my longtime friend and colleague, Ryan Thompson, along with 20 of our teammates. We know there is a better way to not only execute esports programming, but that a transparency-laden approach to, that, to the business itself needed to happen for both the publishers and the community. This shared ideology is why we're launching Esports Engine alongside Mike Sepso, Sundance C. Giovanni, Brian Binder, and Jason Garmis under the umbrella and leadership of Vindex. By combining forces with the amazing team over at Next Generation Esports, we are poised to create the operational solution we have always dreamed of. We have been in stealth mode for the last two months, onboarding our team, setting up new systems, setting up our, uh, settling in our office space here in Columbus, Ohio, and securing great partnerships we'll share soon. We are growing very fast. We're hiring, again, more info soon, and we're building tools that we'll unveil soon again. If you want to get in touch with us, please hit us up in the uh, form in the contact section. Thank you for your support over the last two decades. I could not be more hopeful walking into the next phase of my career alongside the team that produced every MLG Pro Circuit event, our epic CSGO major, summer and winter X Games, the CWL, over a decade of Halo, and many more programs across 48 different titles. I can't wait for what they're going to do. This is, well, I, I, I know I'm beating a dead horse right now. When I saw this announcement come in, like, so the first post happened from Adam and, uh, esports engine. Then the Vindex announcement came in like very, very shortly after. Right. When I heard all of this happening, I'm like, Oh my God, they literally got the band back together. They reunited like shortly after they left MLG, it wasn't that big of a depart. Like it wasn't that big of a uh, hiatus, but it's they're doing what they love. 
you can you can hear it in the words that they type. They're doing exactly what they want to do. They're doing what they love and they want to see it succeed more than anything in the world. That, that makes me know that they're going to hit it out of the park. Not just because they've already done it with MLG, but because they have that passion. I can't wait to see what they do. And I really do hope that Halo becomes a partner in some aspect. You know, and it was, it was great to see what they did with MLG, right? But that was something they built themselves. Now they have the backing of an established company with more funds, more yep. resources. I mean, I'm going to use the the phrase "the world's their oyster" at this point. Like it's very true. They can they can do anything with this, and I have a very good feeling that this team of individuals is going to be highly successful. So I can't wait. It's going to be good. It is. All right, Will. You ready? Let's do it. All right. The whole basis for this uh, late night recording. The name of the article is what's next for HCS. This is by Tashi over on HaloWaypoint.com. Before I get into the article, I'm going to say this. I'm going to read through the whole thing. Okay. I'm only going to do this for major, major articles. Okay. So I don't want to try to talk your ear off every episode, but for this, this is very important. We're going to go through the whole thing. It is going to be long. I apologize. So grab something to drink, grab a snack, sit back, relax. Will and I, here we go. On this day five years ago, the Halo Championship Series was announced. And before we go any further, there's one thing we need to say. Thank you. First and foremost, thank you to all the players for your dedication to this franchise and the game you love through thick and thin. Thank you to the fans who have cheered from the comfort of their own homes and live from the dozens and dozens of events around the world. Thank you to the tournament operators who put their blood, sweat, and tears into thousands of broadcast hours in all the stages constructed. Thank you to the amazing broadcasters and observers who have educated, entertained, and excited millions around the world all while representing Halo in the best way possible. Thank you to the team organizations who believe in Halo Esports in this community and have invested so much in the scene and the players that compete in it. And finally, thank you all the partners who have sponsored and supported various HCS leagues and events to elevate the sport to the next level. The Halo Championship Series is nothing without each and every one of you, and we're in this together. For the last five weeks, we've been celebrating alongside the Halo community and looking back on remarkable moments and memories. In case you missed it, here are a few highlights. So if you have missed it, shame on you, but you have the Allegiance versus Renegades retrospective, phenomenal video. You have the HCS Season 1 Finals 2015 CGL vs. Noble Black retrospective, phenomenal video. And then you have the fan favorite pros from year one of the HCS. This was their HCS All-Star bracket. We're going to talk about ours later in the show, so stay tuned for that. Looking forward. Today, we not only want to celebrate the past, but also look forward to the future and talk about our vision for the Halo Championship Series and Halo Esports as a whole for the Halo Infinite era. Our mission is to provide epic entertainment to Halo fans through the thrill of competition. We believe in cultivating and and uniting communities while building a platform and thriving ecosystem for players, teams, and partners to find success on, and creating a content ecosystem for fans around the world to enjoy. 
Halo Esports is about the unknown teams and players who come from humble beginnings and fight their way up the ranks to make it out of the open bracket, make it to the main stage, and make a name for themselves. It's about finding the best teams in the world and giving them the chance to leave their mark on Halo Esports history and hang their names up in the rafters alongside the likes of Final Boss, Instinct, Evil Geniuses, Tox Gaming, and more. It's about the fans and community who come to HCS events to see their friends again and spend the weekend watching and playing Halo. It's about the fans around the world who set their alarm clocks early and stay up late so they don't miss a single moment. It's about the tournament operators and admins who work tirelessly to ensure the best possible experience for players and fans. Overall, our goals are simple. We want to grow viewership for Halo Esports tournaments as well as viewership for players, teams, and content creators. We want Halo Esports to act as a platform that teams, players, tournament organizers, sponsors, and more can invest in and see a return in. We want to have epic moments where the broader gaming community can't help but take notice. Finally, alongside the players, fans, and partners, we want to create a movement. We want everyone to feel like they're part of the same community and something larger than themselves. So updates and evolutions. Over the last five years of the HCS, we've not only taken learnings from our own successes and failures, but also from other ecosystems and other games too. Here are a few of the learnings we're uh, taking forward and our approach. Growing international regions. For well over a decade, the United States has dominated the, uh, the Halo esports scene and has garnered the most events and attraction as well. While teams in other regions have been able to compete at the very highest level on occasion, there hasn't been a single champion from outside of the U.S. at a major international event. We believe that if we're asking regions like Europe, Australia, New Zealand, and Mexico to field a team for major international events like the Halo World Championship, then they need to have a sufficient regional competition and enough international competition at a foundation to build upon. There needs to be more incentives to compete in those regions than just for the number one or number two ranked teams. With more players and teams competing in other regions due to more competition and prize money, they'll be able to slowly grow to be more competitive and ideally uh, vie for the title of best Halo team in the world. We know this is something that won't change overnight, but we want to provide a foundation for this to happen over time. Okay, so before I move on, Will, what do you think? More international presence. Sure. Um, it's a great idea. Okay. How do you execute? Um, I'm thinking, you know, they're saying more prize money, more exposure, giving more incentives for the teams outside the ones and twos. Um, my, my question is, is that that's all great when, you know, they're in their own region, right? But how do you go and come... How do you, if you're, if you're from Australia, how do you get to practice with the NA teams who are just dominating? Right. Then you have to deal with the host situation and all that shit, mm-hmm. which people have complained about time and time again. People complain about it in Call of Duty. People complain about it in Halo. Regardless, right? Yep. And I get it. I do think that these, I mean, these outside teams definitely could, could, could show up and upset an event, but they need that practice with the top tier teams to learn and evolve. Right, because right. otherwise they're going to remain stagnant. Yep. If you uh, if you're number one in your region, but you're only at you know maybe seventy five percent of the skill level than on top an A team, you're always you're only doing yourself 
you're not doing yourself any favors by not competing outside your region. Right. So there needs to be a good way for this to happen. Is that more dedicated servers across the world? Sure. Is it, you know, what, what can we do to, to make this happen? I really want it to happen. It'd be great. Yep. But, um, and I know this is, this isn't the time to ask how we're going to do it. This is setting the foundation of how, of what we're doing in the future. But that, that's, that's the first question that comes to mind is, okay, I like the idea, but how do we do this? How do we execute? Right. So now full disclosure here, my afternoon has been very busy. Okay. My evening's been very busy. I have not actually read through this whole thing. This is me doing it for the first time. I was able to skim through it when the post went live, but again, afternoon, evening, very busy, baby, all that stuff. So this is my very first time reading through the full thing together. Right. And maybe later on, we'll get a little hints of what they're going to try to do to make these things happen. But again, like we talked about earlier in the show, expectations are, this is laying the the groundwork, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't giving full details. Right. So again, for the listeners, just keep your expectations in check. Let's move on. Relationship with team organizations. Since the HCS started, we've been very fortunate to have some of the biggest teams in esports competing, such as Evil Geniuses, Optic Gaming, Team Envious, Cloud9, Team Liquid, and more. At the time, teams would enter the sport and leave. We would be, uh, we would, and we would be bystanders in the whole process. As time went on, we slowly started to form relationships with teams and get a better understanding of what's working for them and what isn't. We believe that team organizations play a crucial part in the esports ecosystem. They help provide support and stability for players, they rally their fans to increase viewership and exposure for the game, and they help grow and evolve the ecosystem and sport. For well over a year now, we have been proactively reaching out and meeting with top organizations from around the world. Our first outreach was simply to learn, what is important to their business? How do they decide what games they want to participate in? What are their goals? With this information and more, we then set out to incorporate it into the future HCS program as we were designing it. Since then, we've been meeting with those same teams and even more teams to get feedback on the league and program design and have begun working towards a formal partnership with top teams. Our hope is to have a suite of top teams from around the world part of the Halo esports ecosystem for many years. Okay, again, I'm going to pause here. So, Will, you saw the tweet that Tashi put out. You asked me about it, remember? Yeah. What was that tweet? What organizations would you like to see in halo and that was recent that was really recent i think it was yesterday or the day before yes where tashi asked that question so clearly he's still looking to find some more organizations that they should be reaching out to and they should be talking to i think that's fantastic they want feedback and they obviously want these top organizations back because as it states in that uh portion of the post here it just brings more viewership and more exposure to the game yes that's what halo needs moving forward halo esports have gotten to a very stagnant place have gotten to a very negative space okay we still love watching it we still love being a part of it we have a we have a we have a podcast about it okay we obviously love it and we want to see it succeed it's just, it's really hard to keep that optimism, right? When all of these top organizations have been leaving, none of them are really coming back. We have this 
grassroots events situation going on where it's just Halo 3 and then we're going to have some Halo Reach events, but it's not the new thing, right? But hearing them talk about this and they're like, no, we understand where we're at right now. And we also know where we want to be in the future. We are talking to them. And now we want you to know we are talking to them. And we want to know what they want. What they want to see. Right? We want to know what what it would take for them to come back. That's basically what we're getting at here. And frankly, I hope they do come back. Because it's true. If Optic came back. Right? I know Optic isn't the same Optic. But hear me out. If Optic Gaming came back. If Cloud9 came back. If... Or if we have the Chicago Huntsman or NRG, right? Because that's the umbrella company, right? If you have these big names coming over and they're like, and they make the giant announcement, they're coming back to Halo where it all began, right? Where MLG all began and all that. Like this, this could be massive if the game's good. Hopefully the game's good, but no, it just brings more exposure. And that's that is exactly what Halo needs when Infinite releases on the on the competitive side. We need mm-hmm. more exposure. We need more viewership. Will, what are your thoughts? Of course. Uh, I agree with everything you said. Um the fact that we they're going out and asking these organizations what they want is just huge. That's a huge step right there. Um we had we we talked to a organization owner at one point, right? We had or we had a a, a listener of the show reach out to an organization yes. owner and ask why people didn't want to stick around Halo. Yep, and it was it was hard hard to market. Um, it was hard to there wasn't a lot of content created around Halo. Yes, and I think with what we're seeing with this post is we're not releasing the game and then trying to build esports around it. We're trying to build esports for the game, right? Like, I, I don't know if that made sense. No, that, that, but, made, but a, that made 100% sense. They're trying to get this solidified before the game comes out so that we hit the ground running. It's not just let's slowly build as we figure it out as we go, right? They want everything ready to go from the start so that we we can maybe have an explosion back onto the scene. Right. So... If, if they're doing it right, it's going to bring these these uh, organizations back in. And I, yeah, I completely agree. It could be huge for Halo. So the next segment we're about to talk about is about the roadmap. And let me just say this. This is one of the things that I skimmed through earlier. Um, remember how I said that I loved how Call of Duty was doing the CDL? And I said, if Halo wants to do something, they need to either match that or do better. If everything goes according to this plan, I think they're about to do better. And that's amazing to see. So let's get into it. The roadmap. Since HCS first started, we've been building the running seasons and events on the roadmap at the same time as we went along. You can think of it like laying down train tracks, locking and announcing events as the train is barreling down the events taking place. In an ideal world, we can lay down so many tracks in advance that it takes months and months for the train to catch up, and we're constantly far ahead of the train. Unfortunately, this hasn't been the case at all times during the HCS, and the community has been left wondering, when's the next event, or what's next? This also applies to teams and sponsors who want to solidify in their investment in the league. 
for Halo Infinite's launch, we are working towards locking and then announcing a full 12-month esports roadmap. This means that our goal is that before competition starts, all cities, dates, venues, rules, handbooks, formats, and more for those first 12 months will be publicly available and promoted. This is a massive undertaking and will be one of the most difficult things to accomplish, but we're currently on track to do just that. I would be astonished if they if they can do that. Um, it'd be great to see. Yes. Um, the one thing I'll say is get the first year nailed down and keep it going for the years to come. Yes. I mean, we saw Halo 5 start off at, at a decent rate. Yes. The and, first world championship was a was an incredibly hyped up event. Right. So, but as the years went on, these events got scattered, no plans. And then that's where it yep. started to downfall. So yep. keep that momentum going into year two, three, four, five, whatever it may be. I don't know if we're getting a second Halo reimagination after Infinite. Infinite possibilities, Will. The game is never ending. I'm just kidding. I fuck if I know. We'll get we'll get we'll get Halo Infinite, and then we'll get Infinite uh, Infinite times two. Yeah, when uh, more infinite when the next next Xbox releases. Ooh, <laughs> Infinite will be the span of Scarlet, right? It's Could be. That's what we saw with Halo Five. Yeah, console generations are getting a little bit shorter, in my opinion. I think maybe they used but, to be t- every ten years, but yeah, off whatever. Topic. Anyway, yep. yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I I think that's a phenomenal idea to keep, as they say, keep the train a-rolling, yeah. right? But always remaining ahead of the train by a substantial amount. And I would hope that once they have that first year solidified, that they're immediately starting to work on the next. Yeah, right? and I mean, it's it's not a huge miss either if they go, oh, so, so they announce the, the 12-month roadmap to start off. Yep. And then maybe... They need to wait to plan some events at the end. But if they at least give us like, hey, maybe here's here's eight months of the next 12 months, we're working on solidifying the final events. Yes. That gives people plenty of time as long as you get those final events cleaned up soon. Yes. So, yeah, start off strong and keep it going. That's that's my big thing. Just keep it going after that. That's what the community needs. Um, no more, hey, you have a month to get here. That's That's tough on people. It's very tough. Really tough. And I like how they talk about promotion as well. Yes. So by having all these events solidified in advance, they have more time to promote set events. And it gives us an opportunity to lock them down in our calendar. So we can set up uh, watch listen alongs. We can talk about them more in advance. We can have better predictions. So on. it just, it, it can help us produce a better show as well. So I'm very much looking forward to, if they can execute on that, like, let's say, you know what? Okay. Not to not to like downplay this, but let's say worst case scenario. Would you be okay with like a 6 month head start? Would that be I mean that's decent. Okay. Okay. That's decent. See, I, I don't want to set I don't want to set that as the bar. You know, I would love for the bar to be 12 months. I'm just trying to think Well, I I'm I'm sad. I'm sorry I even said that. Honestly, they they set the bar at a year already. They in the post. They did. It's right there. It's true. Let's I see was it. trying to give them an out. I'm not giving them out anymore. Nope, 12 months. We're doing it. <laughs> All right. All right, next part. Viewership. 
Online viewership is one of the most important metrics for success in esports. It helps translate into popularity and relevancy for a game, which is important for teams, tournament operators, and sponsors who are investing. And it's important for content creators as well, pro and otherwise, who are hoping to grow their fan base and ultimately find financial success. Because it is so important to the overall health of the sport and ecosystem, we are taking a very in- intentional approach in how we grow viewership and we are actively, we are working to, dis- to deploy a variety of tactics. These include working to secure top teams with large fan bases, diversifying and investing in new content creators, like, uh, like via HCS Grassroots as an example, ensuring our format is clear and to understand and follow, and much more. Another large shift that we believe will help viewership grow is thinking about the HCS in a, as an entertainment brand. Running fair and competitive leagues and tournaments will always be at the core of the HCS, but in order to build a sustainable ecosystem that grows in viewership over time, we, as well as other tournament operator partners, need to really focus on entertaining viewers with our broadcasts and content. It's not enough to just cover tournaments and provide results. We need to think about how we accentuate the gameplay and stories, how we reduce downtime between matches, how we create content to bring fans deeper into the stories and build an emotional connection, and how we generally ensure fans are having a good time both in the audience and watching at home. Yup. So, I had a little downtime at work today. Okay. Waiting for someone to come into my office. And I uh, (laughs) flipped on the HCS Weekly stream. Yes. And it was during this viewership portion. Awesome. And Tashi had mentioned at, um, he was, he was on the show and he mentioned that they took the feedback from the South by Southwest stream, the HCS invitational, which was probably the best event all year. Yep. Actually, no, it wasn't. It's not possibly, it was the best event all year. And they took note. He, he said it. They took note on how people reacted to, they said it felt like them letting their hair down a bit. Like they were relaxing with the, Good. with the extras and the quirky side things. But that was just entertainment for the rest of us, right? It was something different. It kept the downtime very minimal. Um, and they, they took note on how that affected the perception of that, of that uh, tournament. Yes. So they, they know what they need to do. See, they had, so, okay, again, this isn't to throw shade or anything like that. Um, I'm just simply stating what was seen, right? So, the HCS Invitational, okay? It was technically an HCS-run event, right? Within the grassroots situation, okay? The UGC's Halo Classic, right? Uh, In Atlantic City, the one that just happened recently. During downtime, what did we see? The flyover. We saw a flyover of like the pier or whatever the whole time. That is not entertaining. During, was it the London event? Is that what it was? There was an event international, there was an international event that took place. Oh, oh my God. Was it before Worlds? I'm, oh no, it was, no. Oh, it was a Halo 3 event. Man. Oh my God. Yeah, at uh, Twickenham Stadium. Was that what? It, where I was that? So. Face it, ignite. Got there, it. There you there go. There it is. It's in there. It's in there. Face it, ignite. During downtime, what was it? A break screen the whole time, and not even that. It was just. It was just like a a barely animated thing. That was during every break. That's not entertaining. You lose people. Like nobody's gonna watch that. That's not good. 
the the HTS Invitational stream consistently had something going on. That was entertaining. That made me want to stay and watch. Sure, it wasn't the actual competition that was taking place. I didn't care. It was fun. It felt worthwhile. It just... And it was good content. Yeah, for sure. Another thing in this section that I liked is they... um. They, they talked about investing time into content creators as well as the, the tournaments and organizations. Yes. Um, honestly, feedback from some content creators is they haven't really felt supported through the grassroots program, even though they're a part of it. Yes. So I like that they're bringing up that they're reevaluating this and looking at coming back to it um, during the infinite timeline, because that was kind of a question too. What's going to happen to grassroots when infinite comes? Is it just going to drop because they're now back to HCS and putting everything back on themselves. Right. But it looks like it's still going to be supported. They're going to bring in content creators. You know, this is going to help um, build uh, pro players brand if they want to stream on the side and join the grassroots program. I mean, that's another reason to bring in more organizers to, yes. uh, in teams, organizations and teams is if their players are streamers and have a presence outside of just competing, that's more enticing. It's more advertising, more re reputation for them. So um, I, I like that they're going to, they're, it looks like they're investing in the things they need to invest in here. Yes. To make, make it happen. And with the release of what was it? Halo.live.gg, the, their new website. Correct. That so, might be something that's heavily used in the future. Yes. You know, we see a little bit now, but th that could turn into something huge. Yes. And for the grassroots program specifically, not, not just including pro players, you could also have other YouTubers, streamers, and so on and so forth that have continually carried on the Halo brand when Halo has, quote-unquote, died off, you know? Right. And, yeah, I'm. it's... The future, I, I said it consistently, but it, I think it still holds true. The future looks bright. Not just for Halo Esports, but just for Halo in general. All right, next piece. Hey, uh, an open ecosystem. Halo Esports was built on a legacy of an open format and ecosystem, and it's our intention to continue and evolve that foundation. There are two important parts that make this up, one for players and one for tournament operators. For players, we believe that any player around the world should be able to jump in and compete either online or at one of the many open events on the roadmap. While we want to reward teams that have been competing at the highest level since day one, we also want to ensure that you, if you and your team are good enough, you can find a way in and be successful at key points in the roadmap. We also believe that there should be milestones along the way for new, amateur, and pro, and pro players to aspire to within a year. For tournament operators, we believe that uh, having multiple tournament organizers investing and in, uh, participating is overall healthy for the ecosystem. Different tournament operators have different capabilities depending on a variety of things including broadcast, event operations, and regional expertise. We also want to, via HCS Grassroots and the official HCS program, give tournament operators an aspiring path to build a sustainable business and grow to run not only more competitions, but also ones with higher stakes in the roadmap. We believe that an ecosystem of talented and dedicated tournament operators with potential for greater opportunities will encourage a sense of competition amongst each other, which will ultimately create a better experience for fans and players. While working closely in supporting the growth of these partners, we can also ensure they innovate in a way that's cost-effective to strive for the long-term sustainability. Okay. This part scares me a little bit. Yep. 
and I think I know exactly where you're going to go, but I want you to go first. All right. So when they talk about having multiple tournament organizers and investing in different tournament organizers, that means we're going to still see the dream hacks, the UGCs where we have the roadmap in the roadmap. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's where you see, Oh, UGCs coming up. Are we going to have the audio issues still? Are we going to have the long break still? What is is the quality going to be like? Mm -hmm. And um, the fact that there's multiple organizers means inconsistencies between streams. Absolutely. That is, that is exactly what I was thinking as soon as it was said, like it was said within this post. Now, there is nothing more than I love to see all of these organizers putting on different events. I think it's fantastic. It grows their brand. I think it's great, right? But you're right. The consistency is not there. It's not the same from one event to the other. A dream hack is not the same as a UGC, is not the same as a face it, is not the same as an HCS, right? They're just not the same. Now, the, the fact that it was stated that it was, it'd be part of the roadmap has me more concerned as well. Because that makes me believe, based off the words that I just read, that not every event in the 12-month roadmap is going to be up to the same standard as an HCS Invitational, as an MLG event, right? It's just what I feel like right now. I hope that my expectations, well, my expectations were high earlier on in this post, right? I hope that those expectations and the reality meet at a very nice medium, okay? I do hope that every event is a very nice, consistent approach. I can't guarantee that, but it's a hope that I have. Now, the other thing that was said in here in regards to, um, let's see here. We believe that an ecosystem of talented and dedicated tournament operators with potential for greater opportunities will encourage a sense of competition amongst each other, which will ultimately create a better experience for fans and players. What? What? Okay. So, I... Capitalism, right? Competition within businesses usually breeds a better product, usually breeds a better price for consumers. That's that's like the whole basis, right? Yeah. How is that going to transition into this? The competition between tournament organizers? So let's say, let's say UGC has a better event than DreamHack. Like they put on a better show, they put on a better broadcast than DreamHack. Does that mean that UGC gets more funding for another tournament? And therefore DreamHack looks at that like, oh, why the fuck did they get more funding? We got to put on a better show so we get more funding. Is that what that means? What is, Will, what do you think? What, what do you, I mean, how do you look at this? Yeah, I think you, you got, you got it there is if, um, if UGC is putting on a better show than DreamHack, maybe they schedule more UGC UGC events and then DreamHack loses out then on funding rather than, you know, having a more or less money, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe HCS is going to set out their guidelines of what a stream should look like, what their broadcasts need to be. And if a tournament organizer can't meet those needs, then sorry, we're not holding it here right now. Try better. Come back at us when you're ready. 
That's what I'm hoping happens here. I hope that HCS is setting the standard and that these tournaments will have to, these organizers will have to rise to meet those standards, therefore breeding competition between them. I'm all for competition in the space. I'm just scared by the words that I read. Oh, you sure? That's all. Again, um, we're so early right now. Yes. They are planning and they're getting things set, but I just, this is one I got to wait and see on. Right. And you know what? We'll just say this. None of this is technically set in stone. Correct. None of it is. This is all just words. And Moses put out a tweet before the post went live. And he said something to the fact that like actions speak louder than words. It's time to, it's like, it's time to act. Right. Sure. And realistic again, expectations being set. This is just a lot of words right now. Nothing has been actually. Now things have happened behind the scenes that we don't know about. And they're, they're talked about slightly here but nothing is set in stone. So in the words of our show, like Will just said as well, we'll have to wait and see. All right. League feedback. Building off the significant changes made to the HCS in 2018 and what we're building for the future, we will continue working with fans and players to tackle league feedback uh, head on in an open and, and transparent way. To expand on this, we'll also be formalizing processes with tournament uh, operators to gather feedback about how we can improve things big and small, as well as team organizations to ensure the value they're getting from the HCS is worth their investment. Additionally, our tournament operator partners will also be having open dialogues with the community to further help improve the experience for the HCS. We truly see this as a collaborative approach. So I'm going to quickly touch on this one. Um... We've seen it with their development process of MCC on PC and reach on PC and MCC, right? 343 right now is one of the most open and communicative game developers, period. They just are. So seeing this translate to the, like trans, uh, what the hell am I? Seeing this transition to the HCS, I think is going to be fantastic if it holds true. Because the big thing, remember, they shoehorned in Oddball in Halo 5. It didn't work. Then they took it away, and they're like, all right, we tweaked some things, here you go. And then people still did not like it. It was a little bit better, but people still did not like it, right? They brought in two community-made Forge maps into the competitive rotation, which the HCS team technically tweaked or like helped with, but they weren't officially made three, four, three maps, right? Now we've had forge maps in the past, make their way into, into the MLG days with halo three, halo reach, so on and so forth. But it's just not the same as a fully built from the ground up map, right? Getting a little bit off topic here, but, what I'm saying is I hope that they really do take that feedback from tournament organizers, players, so on and so forth. They listen to it. They improve upon it. They take it. So on and so forth. Is there anything you wanted to say, Will? For me, I took this section a little differently than I think you did. Go for it. Um, 
they talk about tournament organizers gathering feedback about how they could improve things. This means, I mean, a tournament organizer is going to have feedback on maybe not the games being played, but the the, the broadcast. broadcast. Yep. Which means they're still leaving. So what I said in the, my previous statement about HGS giving guidelines, it seems like they're still leaving it up to the broadcast or the, the organizers. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm just, I, it started off strong. <laughs> it did. And now, um, I think leaving the broadcast in a separate tournament organizer's hands scares me. Yes. But if HCS is a part and running it while they're just there, I guess, well, I, I, well, I want to know a little bit more on that aspect. Or if they just take on Vindex, then problem solved. <laughs> um, it might not be that easy. But, you know. <laughs> Next part. Production timeline. With our ambition to have a full 12-month roadmap locked and announced by the time competition kicks off, we knew we had to start planning early. This process began in earnest in June of 2018 as we first gathered information from teams and partners in the ecosystem to learn more. Then, in January of 2019, we started putting uh, rubber, rubber to the road and began designing the ecosystem and program that we wanted to build based on the goals that we've set. Since April 2019, We've been not only gathering feedback from trusted partners in the ecosystem, but have also been searching for partners to help us finalize the program and then execute it all. While we've gotten feedback from just about every partner we've met with, that locking and announcing a 12-month roadmap is rather unprecedented for esports and creates an exciting opportunity for us, it also means that uh, planning this far in advance is a new process for us and our partners, and that there are some things that we're learning as we go. Despite that, we are on track with the overall planning process. As we continue to work on the program and hit key milestones, we'll continue to provide more updates on our progress in early 2020 and beyond. Okay. So in other words, I'm expecting an update in February. I'm going to say that. I'm expecting this type of, they said early. I'm expecting an update in February. I'm going to just not set expectations for an update and just be happy when I get one, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't need to update us until Infinite comes out. If we get one early 2020, sure. I want an update every month of 2020 leading up to the release of the game. Good luck with that. If we don't, this podcast is over. We riot. (laughs) It's just the two of us with picket signs. We're going to travel to fucking Washington. Oh, no. Oh, man, it's great. All right. Joking. It, back, back to the Yes, back, back to, to the, the post. HCS Grassroots. The HCS Grassroots program celebrates its own one-year anniversary in just under two weeks. And what a first year it's been. The support for HCS Grassroots partners in their broadcasts and events has been nothing short of amazing. Thank you. The HCS Grassroots program has offered us a lot of learnings how we work with content creators, how we structure partnerships with tournament operators, and how we partner with community in all new ways. And we've made some small changes during its first 12 months. Starting soon and continuing in the future, however, the program will take on some larger changes that we're not quite ready to talk about in detail just yet. What we can say is that for the content uh, creators part of the program, we're looking to broaden our partnership with the community. There are many creators out there who make more things than just video content, And there are many creators out there who focus on things outside of competitive Halo. 
Because of this shift in the program, we're putting a brief pause on adding new content creators to the HTS Grassroots program for the time being. The most recent submission period was our last and will still be reviewed for inclusion, but as part of this plan to broaden our partnership. So what does this mean for tournament operators? Both tournament organizers and community tournament organizers will continue to be a key part of the HTS Grassroots program, and we continue to lock in events and explore opportunities in the near future. In the more distant future, we'll be looking to sanction some of these tournaments both online and LAN so that they are more tied into the HCS roadmap and reward players who are competing in the HCS. This would come in the form of qualification points, seeding, and or travel coverage qualification. And finally, it's important that tournament operators in the HCS Grassroots program have a path and support enabling uh, them to grow both as entities and what they offer to their respective communities. This, of course, will be a slow and ongoing process that manifests over time, but our vision is that all of our partners have the tools and opportunities to grow over time. Okay, so that shined a little bit more light on what the grassroots tournament organizers would technically be a part of in the roadmap. Seating, qualification, travel stuff. So maybe not mainline events? Kind of? I felt I like we kind of went back a little bit. Yeah, I, I guess I want some more clarification on that, and maybe we will get some in the future. Yes. All right. Your questions. A few months ago, you sent your questions to us via Twitter, and we wanted to take the time to answer as many as we possibly could and as transparently as we possibly could. Many have already been addressed above, but without further ado... Let's jump in. Onset asks, what formula is in place to ensure consistency of quality in events? Hey. Look at what we've been asking. Exactly. The answer, for the future of the HCS, we've searched and through a rigorous interview process have hired an operating partner to act as the global management partner for the HCS. This operating partner and its talented crew will act as an extension of the HCS team here at 343 and will help us lock in final details of the program format, roadmap, and more. And then once HCS kicks off, they'll help ensure that all partners in the ecosystem are executing in a high-quality bar and doing so in a sustainable way. We'll also be creating event guides with with specific details and requirements on how things should be executed in terms of format, caster setup, observing philosophy, etc. We're excited to share more details down the road. I was right earlier and should have just went with my gut. That's awesome. And you know what? I think it's Vindex. You think so? I do. I think it's actually, I think it's Adam's company, which is part of Vindex. I do. I seriously do. I didn't activate you, Siri. Shut up. You said seriously. <laughs> seriously. Hey, seriously. It, it did it again. Yep. Yeah. They need to fix that. Anyway. <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, that sounds Absolutely. like they, they hired someone to do quality assurance for them at their events. They're locking and it down. Yes. They're creating that guideline of what an event should look like. So we will get that consistency. Yes. So I guess my thoughts from the earlier where I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? That just brought it back to, I'm excited for some hype events. Clear, let's, sunny skies right now. Let's bring it on. Yep. The clouds have just gone away. Rain, rain, go away. Come again after HCS is done. Um, I'm telling you, I now I have, oh man, now I, in my gut, I feel that it's Adam's company. I do. I could, I'm probably wrong, but the we'll fact, see. 
fact that they've been talking about it, it's possible. Talking to them? It is. All right. Martin Ohms asks, is there a possibility of grassroots events working on the calendar similar to FGC to encourage more local events? FGC, I believe, meaning fighting game community. Will we be, will we be seeing events with multiple games or just Halo? The answer. For the first question, yes. That's been the vision of the HCS grassroots program since day one. In the future, we envision a bustling grassroots scene, both online and LAN, for players to participate in outside of official HCS events. The main difference is that we want to sanction these events so that they play a role in the overall HCS story, have qualification stakes, and fit into the roadmap as best for players and viewers based on learnings from both the Halo scene as well as others in esports. We're still determining the specific balance between giving these HCS grassroots events meaningful stakes and striking the right balance is crucial. For the second question, that's certainly a possibility and we'll continue to explore opportunities that come up. It's not a priority for us or the program, but these are def- but there are definitely some benefits that we see for fans and players when we're at events similar to DreamHack or partnered with the Coalition for a Gears and Halo joint event. Ultimately, growing viewership is one of our key goals and ensuring that we have the space on the overall esports roadmap for fans to tune in is very important. Well, that basically just made my fears go away too. Based off what was said earlier with the, turn- with the uh, grassroots tournament organizers and the role that they'll play, Right. That basically just, in conjunction with the official HCS events, their events would be based off qualifications, stuff like that. So, okay. Batchford asks, what will your guys' long-term plans be for regions outside of North America? EU, Latin America, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Asia, etc. Also really like Legend's idea of different leagues for different skill. More encouragement and reason to play equals higher chance of growth. Keep up the transparency. Cheers, dude. Answer. We touched on this above, but this was a major issue that we were tackling head on. We envisioned that these smaller regions, in comparison to NA, have major team organizations invested as well as smaller organizations. They have enough regional competition, HCS and HCS grassroots, to make competing worthwhile and sustainable, that there's a real path for growth competitively, and that the region is producing content and those important stories are being told. Most of that was one sentence. Oh my God, run-ons, Batman. Um, hey, he made it work. He did. It will take time for these regions outside of, outside of NA to grow in scale and competitiveness, but we believe it's important that they have the opportunity to compete at the highest level and potentially win global events as well. So nothing was said about other leaks for other players, but... No. Um, again, what, what concerns me... Mm-hmm. is that they want to, like, the intention is there to grow the other regions. But realistically, is the money, is the fandom, is are these events going to generate for HCS? You know what I mean? Is that, does that make sense, like, yeah. where I'm kind of going with that? So yeah. will there be enough competition outside those regions to sustain? Is the sustainability official, there? Yeah. Yep. I mean, they could try all they want, but if the the competition's not there, you can't really fault the HCS for that. Right. And you can't force it upon them either, right? So on the Gears side of things, okay, Gears and Mexico is huge. Like the 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 Gears scene in Mexico is massive. It's it's absolutely massive. The COD scene in the EU is massive. Okay? The, the, the Counter-Strike scene in the EU is massive. The, the Dota 2 and League of Legends scene in 
Korea, Asia, massive, right? It's Halo has always been a North American thing. Okay. It's, it's biggest presence is in North America. That doesn't mean it has to stay there. It also doesn't mean that you can force it upon other regions. There are other regions that enjoy it, but if the sustainability is not there, you just can't force it upon them. It's, you have to let it grow organically. And if it, and if it doesn't, then it's like, well, at least you tried. And it looks like they're trying. They want to see what will happen if more things are thrown at it and see what sticks. If it sticks, fantastic. Continue on. If it doesn't stick, at least they tried it and we can, and you can have events still there. It'll just probably be at a, at a lower scale, but at least they're trying, or at least they're looking to try. Europa Halo asks, is there a plan for grassroots community tournament organizers in the making, especially those outside of North America? Will the HCS roadmap be available or talked about before the game launches as it needs to be well-established before the game drops and to not leave players in the dark? Also, will there be more frequent HCS events, both world opens and regional? Felt the biggest letdown for EU Halo was an average of one to two events a year when we could have had three to four. Answers. One, we envision that HCS grassroots tournament operators play a larger role in the overall HCS story. Two, yes, it's our goal to have a full 12-month roadmap available just before launch. And three, Overall, yes, and how that pans out will be made clear in 2020. We are trying to find the right balance between giving the regions enough competition to build off of and grow, but also doing it in a way that's financially sustainable for us and our partners that we can build year over year. Just like we talked about. Exactly. So, perfect. Moses asks, what are the main goals HCS is trying to achieve over the next five years? How do you plan on making Pro Halo less feast or famine and more worthwhile for teams outside the top four? What efforts are you making to grow the name, uh, grow the game in regions outside of North America? And are there any plans to revamp Halo.gg? A proper official Halo esports website will do a lot for the scene. Answers: One, as noted above, we need to grow Halo Halo's viewership and presence online for not just us, but also for players, teams, and tournament organizers. Halo esports need to be a sustainable ecosystem for us and our partners to allow for growth over a long period of time. We want to create a movement that binds the entire Halo community, entire competitive Halo community, and other Halo communities together as we move towards making Halo Esports a powerhouse in the industry. Finally, our goal of ours is to create epic moments in gaming culture to draw the attention of the broader gaming and esports communities. Two, there are a few ways we're looking to accomplish this. By having a full 12-month roadmap available as well as proactively reaching out to top teams of our ahead of time, we hope to have as many rosters as possible backed by team organizations to help provide stable salaries and a platform for creating and promoting players and content. We are also looking at each region independently, as well as part of the larger ecosystem, to ensure that it's worthwhile for players and teams to participate so that we can provide more outside of the United States. Additionally, we are looking to have larger prize pools overall, which will allow more players outside of the top six or eight to receive prizing. Finally, 343 will be covering travel and lodging for all events on the roadmap for top teams. Final number of teams is to be determined. And for all regions. This means that more teams than ever before will be able to qualify for travel coverage, which which we believe will create more stability for players and teams overall. Overall, we've never had a full 12-month esports roadmap completely laid out, which really forced players and teams to make decisions that ultimately didn't want to. And three... Halo.gg was built on an older Waypoint platform that the web team are looking to overhaul. 
We've been working with, with the web team for some time now on what Halo.gg looks like in the future, and overall, we want to make it easy for fans to follow the roadmap, to watch and spectate events and content, to learn about the, and participate in tournaments that they want to, and see the latest relevant game updates. Okay. So, they're working on a revamp of Halo.gg. I think that's good. Bigger prize pools. Awesome. Hopefully that can be sustained throughout, right? Not just the first year. And then, I like the travel accommodations for not just the top of the top teams. Now, yes, they said number of teams this would be determined, but I like that. I like that a lot. And regional teams, too. I mean, international teams, not just NA. Good to see. Anything you want to touch on, Will, before we move on? Nope, just uh, good to see they're looking at including more teams. All right. Next up, Blackjack FPS states, or asks, is the future of Halo esports restricted to Xbox, or is it possible we see competitive Halo on PC in some way over the next few years? The answer. This is a topic that we're taking very seriously, and we're taking our time to make the right decision for the future of Halo esports, whether it's tied to PC, console, or some mix of the two. We are gathering feedback and insights from partners, and with Halo Reach launching on PC, we're going to be running tournaments online and on LAN to learn and see what the community thinks as well. So basically, nothing's set in stone yet. Wonderboy asks, What measures are going to be put in place to ensure and enforce roster stability? The grassroots season with no restrictions on rosters has made it near impossible from a viewer's perspective to know and remember who is on which team. The answer... This is a delicate balance. What we're striving for is a system where players and teams are, are following more strict roster regulations for large parts of the season for pro-level competition to hold them accountable for roster decisions they make, but are allowed to play with more free-form rosters for smaller online tournaments and smaller HGS grassroots events. We'll have specifics about this as we get closer to launch. Holy fuck yes! More locking down on rosters. Yes. Uh, Gabriel asks, how will you keep players outside of the top eight interested? Will there be more formats like 2v2 and FFA that result in multiple ways to win money and compete? Or will it be a pyramid where only the top make money? Answer. For players outside of the top eight, we're striving to have more opportunities overall to compete and qualify for prizing either through official HCS tournaments or HCS grassroots tournaments. We're looking to create a bustling ecosystem where there's, constantly, where there's constant activity from a variety of partners in a variety of formats to not only keep things interesting and entertaining, but to also provide more opportunities for players. Ultimately, however, the teams and players that place in the highest and win tournaments will win the most prize money, and that's not going to change. We do want to ensure that they're not the only ones making money in the scene, however. Specific prize pools and breakouts are still to be determined, but we understand that this is important to the overall success of the HGS. Uh, Pixel Flare Halo asks, We'd love to see more offbeat matches and modes like the BTB session. That was super fun to watch. Of course, actual competitive-driven modes are the, prior, uh, the priority, but imagine an eight-player tag team of pros taking on each other with full chaos. Answer, we're glad you like the big team battle bonanza as well. Overall, we do want to incorporate more modes and experiences in the broadcast to mix things up on occasion and keep things as entertaining as possible. We have a few ideas we're working on. Onset saying... And Feared Llama all ask, 
In regards to settings, will pro players be included in discussions before the first event to develop settings that cater to the needs of the competitive community? San, will changes be of settings be more flexible? And then Llama states, how are you going to make sure the settings get changed when pros and community ask for it if we avo- uh, so we avoid the issues Halo 5 had? Answer, we received quite a few questions about competitive settings. The overall process for how settings will be updated, how we anticipate working with the community on it, etc. At this point in time, we're not ready to share granular details, but this topic is important to the community. It's important to all of us at 343 Industries, and overall, we recognize that this is an area where there's been friction during the HCS and throughout the competitive Halo history as well, so we want to tackle this head-on and continue the conversation. We will have ups and downs as we go, but we are committed to doing our best to serve Halo fans and bring in new fans along the way. With our learnings over the course of Halo 5 HCS, the new agility and flexibility afforded by our investment in the Slipspace engine, as well as our flighting process before and after Halo Infinite releases, we are building the framework to ensure players are at the forefront of everything we do and we can iterate over time together. And so to onset, yes, pro players will be involved before the first event, and this will be especially true through the flighting process. And saying, in terms of, of timing, yes, the engine will allow us to be more flexible with changes that are needed for the game at certain points during the season. And feared Llama, the reality of the matter is that not all pros or members of the community have the same opinion on things. There will always be aspects of games that some players will and will not love. That's a whole spectrum of players in between. Ultimately, we want to build a process that gathers player feedback and data as well to keep players engaged and happier overall. Okay, they're listening. They're hopefully going to take it into account. There we go. I really fucking hope that stays true. Finally, thank you. Once again, thank you to everyone involved in making the first five years of the HCS as special as they have been. Before the HCS, Halo never had an official developer and publisher-operated esports league, and while we're happy with the advancements and amazing experiences we were able to deliver, we see the potential really being unlocked with Halo Infinite. For all the latest on the Halo Championship Series, Follow at HCS on Twitter and keep it locked to Halo.gg. There you go. The post has been officially read through in full. Like I said, that's the first time I've done it. So a lot, a lot in there. And I'm going to say it finally the last time. All groundwork. Nothing set in stone. Keep your expectations in check. It seems they are headed the right direction, though. It does. I'll just say that. It does. Will, that does it for competitive news. The first news segment is over. It is. For your upcoming tournaments of the week, we have the HPL weekly matches. On Thursday, November 7th, you have Team Zero going up against Jester Plays and then Los Dinos going up against the Strong Survive. And then on Saturday, November 9th, we have Bed Bath & Beyonce. Beyonce. Going up against Hype and Positivity. And then we have Martial Punishment going up against FTP. And the unfortunate thing, there are no upcoming actual Halo tournaments this week. But there are some big ones coming up towards the end of the month, including DreamHack Atlanta. Will, what did we used to start the show off with? Roster Media!
All right. So we moved this segment pretty far down the list here. It is. And there's a good reason for it. It's because we used to go over roster mania at the start of the show. And then we'd recap the teams and the tournaments that these rosters were included in later. I felt, I always felt there's a little bit of a disconnect. There is. So now we're going through roster mania and then spoiler alert, next one's tournament and league recaps. It will. Yeah. There was a disconnect. There was no longer. So let's get in to roster mania. Let me start butchering some names. It's DreamHack Atlanta qualifier number four. I shouldn't know most of these, but let's start. First up, Tox Gaming with Snakebite, Lethal, Royal 2, and APG. We had Lux Gaming, Goofy, Ryan Noob, Gilkey, and Gabriel. Simplicity was Aerie, Shaley, Shaley, Fantasy, and Straight Sick. We had Infinite, which was commonly Trippy, Boobadoo, and Tusk. BTH, Falcated, Sabinator, Cloud, and Guntype. Team Rain included Hunter, JJX, Frosty, The Truth, Zerka, and Illumite. 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 Alumni, I would say Elamite. I know that's not right. Um, Dewey Ryan Shotgun competed. This was Wanward, Filthy G, Deputy Goober, and Omega. We had RBG Esports. This is Display, Sargoth, Stormy, and Squally. Chaotic Esports was Jimbo, Snipe Drone, Hollers, and So Snaky. Whoa, that squad's back together? All right. We had 80-20 FXBG. This was Riot Shock, a Kraken, Eli Elite, and Hoaxer. Team Anything included Rami, Shame, Paradigm in its name. We had low tier. This is Phoenix, Cologne, Blitzkrieg, and Xavier. We had Cosby Sweaters. This included Saintly, World Famous, Hosty Shots, and iGalaxy. Next up, Unlimited, Team Unlimited, was Piles, Rowan, Thuggish Killa, and Rob the Turtle. We had Monarch Esports. This was Rob Chokes, Shinova, Just the OG, and Kooky Kooks. You got the chocolate included Sicker Than Your Average, Amish Acorns, Reliable Saya, and Siao. Falling Like Kobe included Mellow. Oh, here's the first one. <laughs> yep. I'm going to Crelegio? We're going to go with Crelegio. It's all okay. up for interpretation. Um, Judge Judah and Divinitos. Divinitos. SOA Nation, Bandemonium, Sobi, MLG, Man V2, and Janitor's BR. I want to quit Halo included <laughs> Kraken King, Cran King, sorry, Downized, Chaos, and Renike. What the? <sighs> okay. Um, I'd want them to quit Halo too. Silent Grind included Daffy, Always Slay, Time, and Benguin. J4P. I don't know if that's supposed to be. Anyway, included Vulcan, Barricade Sama, Crazy, and Bunnies. Rated R Esports was Clowny, Just Improved, Pandalicious, and Seizure. Fatal Strike was Prophecy. Um, F-S-V-T-H-O-R-V. How would you... What Maybe is it? it's just Thor. It's Thor with some... Yeah, because it's... Uh, you know? It's F-S Thor. I'm going to go with F-S Thor. Sure. Uh, Frey Delivers and Holy Water. Team the Plumbers was Combinified, Obnoxious, The Real Vital, and Morningwood. Swerve included Tietza Vicious. Hoop Man 2 Clutch, Co. and Map 2 Clutch. I want to know, seriously, I want to know where, like, they decided that their gamer tag is going to be Map 2 Clutch and Poop Man 2 Clutch. Poop yeah. Man, Poop Man. I want to know where, like, that came from. Good question. Uh, next, we have the Cuddly Woodleys. Great name. Beautiful name. Zypok, Glocksmith, Rizzo, and Touchy, or Touche. 
Ooh. Could be. Next team, Annihilate the Rest, Magnitude, Devlin Dubbin, The Bestro, and Paradigm. Lucendi Gaming, Beatley, Sandal, Hercules, and Blange. We had GGK, this was Lebowski, Heavy Gunner, Smoke Supplier, and Crayola. Say and Pride included Holic, Gold Star BR, Guitar Hero Dude, and Swish. Birds Aren't Real was Atari, Dreamtaker, Happens, and Short Bus. And Classic included Pat Win, Bob's Ambition, Too Nice, and Atlas. Last but not least, we had CL Esports. This was Bullet, Atto, um, I think it's supposed to be Drift and Noble. You might know him as Drift. And then last but not least piece of Rostermania. Demon D makes announcement, and it says Josh will read the tweet. I'm not going to read the tweet. Instead, because it's it's like, it's really negative. Um, I, we're, We'll include the link. You can read it if you want. Um, basically, he's stating that he's not going to, Demon D is not going to compete at DreamHack Atlanta. He's probably not going to compete until Infinite. And he he throws Scarvane under the bus hard. Damn, man. Yeah, it's there's just like I'm sure probably some of it's justified. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of negativity in that post. So so to paint a picture here, remember how Trunks was competing in the qualifiers like some pro players would pick him up he'd play alongside them things look great right trunks decided that he's not going to be competing at dreamhack atlanta it's unfortunate trunks i fucking wish you were there i love you um it, it seems like a, a similar thing maybe happened with demon d and scarvane where he like kind of took scarvane under his wing and then realized that maybe that wasn't the best decision i don't know just yeah, if you want to read through that series series of uh posts, go right ahead. It's included. Google Doc of the show notes of the show. You know the drill. Will. Yeah, that does it for Rostermania, man. What do we got for the tournament recaps of the week? All right, starting off, let's go with the Halo Premier League weekly matches. The strong survive took on Bed Bath and Beyonce. Beyonce? It was a three-two. Close match going to Bed Bath and Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> Next, we had hype and positivity go up against Jester Plays. Jester, unfortunately, forfeits to hype and positivity. So, hype and positivity take the win. Out of the Halo Draft League, Quit the Build went up against You're in Trouble. It was a 3 0 to Quit the Build. Relentless went up against Optimistic, 3 0 to Relentless. And Relentless also took on. Trash cans, it was a 3-0 to Relentless there as well. So they are showing some force, Team Relentless. Um, My Halo Academia went up against Trash Cans. It was a forfeit to the Trash Cans. So Trash Cans actually get a win out of the week. Next up, SWAT Nation, no woman, no SWAT, H5, 4v4. Unfortunately, this tournament did not happen. It was said over on Twitter, we're sad to announce that the no woman, no SWAT tourney has been canceled due to not filling the minimum quota of 12 teams for it to happen. Thanks to all the ladies that did sign up. Stay tuned for an announcement tomorrow. We'll see what their next announcement is. And hopefully they can put something else on that people will be interested in. I just don't know if it was bad timing or what, but usually their, their SWAT nation tournaments really are full. And um, I'm wondering what happened in this instance, but either way, moving on, we did have the SWAT nation, SWAT Halo Halo five, three V three. Here's the results in 7th through 8th. We had Kakashi, Llama Lotion, and Diversity. Um, and then team with Kennedy, Snipe, and Cryptic Shades. 
Fifth through sixth, first team was Smokey Dig, Cereal and Abrupt. Second team, Lucky Teague, Teagan, Drip Drip Double, and Gunplection. And fourth was Tyrant, Shabby Dagger, and Sucka. Third, taking home 100 bucks was Sicky, Legends, and Sicka. Second, taking home 150 was Stress, Article, and Batchford. And in first place, taking home $250 was Falcated, Bound, and Formed a Buzzard. So congrats for winning the SWAT Nation Swatoween Halo 5 3v3. Next up, the DreamHack Atlanta qualifier number four. So some big stuff happening here. Might give us a little preview of what we might see at DreamHack Atlanta. And ninth through 16th was Team Anything. I want to quit Halo. 8020 FXBG, SOA Nation, Low Tier, Cosby Sweaters, RBG Esports, and You Got the Chocolate. In fifth through eighth, Team Rain, Dewey Riding Shotgun, Believe the Hype, and Chaotic Esports. Third, fourth, Simplicity, Mantra, which is actually, um, Mantra is what is now the infinite yes. roster is. Yes. And second was Lux Gaming. And in first place, Tox Gaming. So Lux showing some force here. They took the last tournament. Yep. They're They've been placing very well. Placing very well in qualifiers. We'll see if they still bring that same fire and catch fire again in this next tournament. I'd be excited to see it because breeding more competition at the top just means more exciting Halo. Absolutely. Moving on. We have more for you. Even more. Hey, Mattifies Halo 2 Fright for all results. Uh, this was a free-for-all tournament that he put on. Halo 2 free-for-all Halo tournament. 2. He loves his Halo 2. That's his game. He does. So, eighth place was Church's Burning. Seventh was LaFiery. Sixth was Cactus MF Jack. Motherfucking Jack. Fifth was Stevis. Stevis. Fourth was the f- Frenetic. Third was Rodriguez LA taking home the $50. Second was Zykane, taking home 100 bucks, And in first place, taking home 350 bucks was Stormy V2. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Last but not least, we have Console Gaming League Early Turkey Halo 5 2v2 results. Fifth through eighth included Team Horizon, Team XD, Spartan Soul, and Demonica Purple. Fourth was Dirty Danglers. Third was Two Idiots. Second was Martial Punishment. And first place was Team Zero. There is a challenge bracket that will include within the Google Doc of the show notes. Can I just say how much I like the name Dirty Danglers? It's pretty good. That's a great name, Dirty Danglers. And the fact it was a 2v2 and two idiots took third place was pretty good. I mean, hey, they must not be very idiotic. Hey, but I, I like the name. I like, the, I like it. They're throwing kind of shade at themselves, but also proving themselves. So... That does it for the league tournament recaps of this week. What do we got next, Josh? Will, we have our topic of the show, which is none other than the HCS Pro Talk Community All-Star Bracket, or HPTCASB for short. You're right, Will. It's not very short, but I like saying it anyway because it's great. We have our first matchup, Royal 2, going up against Stellar. So, Will. Yes. Did we talk about the full bracket last week? Um, I did. I talked about every single matchup that would be happening Perfect. for the first. Perfect. So, the bracket link. So, we're recording this on a Tuesday night. Will, you're going to probably edit and send it over. I'll get it published tonight, I imagine. Right? 
Yeah. 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 Which means the bracket will go out tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Where you can fill out your bracket, send it in to us, and then get entered in for the competition. But we have a first matchup tonight. Royal 2 going up against Stellar. Will, we did a little bit of research here. Oh, do you, do you have your notes? I'm getting them. I'm getting them. Just okay. go ahead with your, what you got. I got to pull my stuff up. All right. Well, I got to pull my stuff up too. So while Will gets his stuff ready to go, I'm also going to get my stuff ready to go here. So give me a second. We're going to go over to this spot. Going to go to my document. All right, here we go. I was uh, apparently not as prepared as I thought I was. Uh-oh. So eh, let's just go. Okay, so first matchup, right, in any bracket, you have realistically probably your lowest seed going up against your highest seed. Okay? So I imagine I know where this is going to end up, and I know who's going to move on. But for the sake of competition, for the research that I did, I didn't even look at stats. Okay. Okay. I don't think I needed to. But there's a reason because of that. So let's talk about Stellar first. Or at least I'm going to talk about Stellar first. Okay. Okay. He's a one-time Halo World Champion in Halo 5. He won with the Splice roster that was unbelievably dominant when they came on the scene. Okay? But let's go through where he began. Okay? Now, Stellar, unlike Royal 2, only competed in Halo 5. Stellar did not compete in Halo 2 Anniversary where the start of the HCS happened. Okay? So we only have Halo 5 events to go off of. But you're going to notice a trend here throughout Stellar's career within Halo 5. So for X Games Aspen 2016, Stellar was on a roster for Renegades. They took fourth in their first event. Pretty great, right? Then things kind of dropped slightly. So for the Halo World Championship North American Regional Finals in 2016 and the Halo World Championship 2016, that Renegades roster placed top eight. Okay, a little bit more competition came into the fold. They just weren't able to keep up. They placed top eight. So he then leaves that Renegades roster and joins Enigma 6. And while unfortunately not an HCS event, at 2050 Chattanooga 2016, they took first. Okay? Now, if you look at the other teams that competed at that event, there weren't other top teams there. So... It wasn't a normal HCS event. A lot of the top teams weren't there, but technically they took first. So a win's a win, right? Then they got back to reality a little bit, but instead Stellar actually went to EG. Okay. And at UGC St. Louis 2016 took third with that EG roster. Stayed with EG, HCS Las Vegas 2016, fifth, sixth. All right. But then things took a turn. Stellar leaves EG, joins Liquid. All right? Things start to take a turn for the better for Stellar. At UGC St. Louis 2017, HCS Las Vegas 2017, that Liquid roster took second. 
in the Halo World Championship 2017, they took third. UMG Daytona, third. DreamHack Atlanta, fourth. DreamHack Denver, second. Then, that splice roster was formed. MLG Orlando 2018, first. MLG Columbus 2018, first. Where Stellar was medically ill the entire weekend, but was still able to help his team win. And finally, the 2018 Halo World Championship where Splice took first. Every major event in the 2018 season for HCS, it was that Splice roster. And if you've been paying attention, every team that Stellar has joined has progressively gotten better and then started winning. Now, I'm I'm a firm believer that it's not one person that makes a team, okay? But when you have that piece that you were missing, like when, when let's say, uh, so a football team is basically ran off your quarterback, right? You need to have, you need to have, your your whole backbone is your quarterback, right? You have John Elway. You're you're there. You're set, right? When you have Montana, you're set. Okay. When you have Kirk Cousins, you're not set, right? You're just not. Maybe Stellar was that player. When he went every time he would go to a different team, that team would place continually better. And when he got to that splice roster, they just won. Now we all know how good Renegade is. We all know how good uh, Shotzi is. Okay? They came out of the scene like no other. But Stellar... This is going to sound really cheesy, but he was Stellar at the end of his Halo 5 career. Started off rocky when the game released. But as things continued, as he went to different rosters, those rosters got better, I think, because of him. And then when that Splice roster was formed, it was insane. There was no stopping them. Nothing. Nothing could stop them. That Splice roster was like that CLG Optic roster that started their dominance in Halo 5, right? Splice ended it. There, There was no other team in existence during Halo 5's tenure, that could stop that CLG optic squad. No one. No one even came close. And when somebody tried to come close, they would have to go to a best of 14, two best of sevens, game 14 technically, in order to try to beat them. But when Splice came on, Splice was the only team that could beat Tox in a first best of seven. They were the only team that could sweep them. Because guess what? They did. I think Stellar was the player that made that happen. Well, what are your thoughts on Stellar? I think you said enough there. I don't know <laughs> if I need to jump back on top of that. Do you uh, have stats? I mean, over the, the life of Halo 5, right? Stellar had a 1.66... KAD. Yes. And a 1.06 KD. 
Okay. Not horrible. No, I mean, that's positive. It's also, if you look solely at Katie mm-hmm. over the top, you know, the top, he's at the bottom of the top 10 players, right? Right. So he's up there in, in terms of overall player base, but a little low based on the top 10 players, you know, which was the top 16 for this bracket. Um, and then, you know, K80 coming in at a 1.66. I mean, he's down, he's down pretty far on the list for tournaments. Um, but like you said, he, he was just on those teams that continued to win and got, get better. Yep. And you always saw improvement and it's hard to ignore that. I, I really, I really, you, you went on for far more information than I had. So yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. That's pretty much all I got about seller. All right. Shall we move on to Royal two? What do you got for Royal two? <laughs> oh man. I'm excited for this. I'm, okay. not, I'm just going to let you take this segment and, uh, no, no, no. I, because you, you it. have stats. I don't have stats. I have a, I mean, I have a few stats. Okay. Well, we can talk about this. Okay. So again, the reason why I went on a lot about Stellar is because it, this it really pales in comparison to what Royal Two was able to do. Okay, Royal Two is a tenured Halo professional. He played not just in Halo Five, but he, in Halo Two Anniversary, but played in previous Halos as well. Okay, but for the HCS season, for the HCS era, what we're talking about, what this bracket is based off of, Royal Two is a two-time Halo World Champion. CLG in 2016, Optic Gaming in 2017. Both Halo 5 because that's the only time the Halo World Championships has ever existed is in Halo 5. Okay? He is the best. He is the most successful Canadian Halo player in history. That's a fact. Based off his winnings, he is currently the most successful Canadian Halo player. Okay. Halo 2 Anniversary. Right? This man... On the teams that he was on, never sucked, realistically speaking. Let me break it down. The MCC Launch Invitational, the first Halo 2 HCS event, Halo 2 Anniversary HCS event, it took third. He played on SDK, okay? SDK was bought by, by CLG, so they just transitioned into being CLG, right? Iron Gaming Columbus 2014, first. UGC St. Louis 2015, second. Gamers Forgiving 2015, second. HCS Season 1 Finals at PAX East 2015. Second. Iron Games Atlanta 2015. Fifth place. Why? Roster change. That's why. They didn't stick together. But then, HCS Indianapolis and the Season 2 Finals, second. Then Halo 5 happened. So what? who was... I? So, for those who don't know, I wasn't around for... For H2A. Yes. Who was the ones beating them? Because they're con- consistently in second and third. Who was the, the top team during H2A there? That I... Hold I'm on. I'm curious. Let me find I'm out. I'm really curious because who was on that team? What were they doing? Who was together? Why were they so well, doing so well together? Was it Roy our boy? Was it Roy our boy? Let's find out. I'm curious. Um... Let's find out where they lost. Well, I want to find out who is on. Okay, so the original roster that was continually taking second place 
was Ogre 2, Heinz, Snakebite, and uh, Royal 1 is the coach. Okay, so Royal 2, Ogre 2, Heinz, and Snakebite. Then Heinz went away, Cloud came in. So at that point, that's when they first took that fifth place, but then they got second, second, and then Lethal came in, and Frosty came in for um, Halo 5. Okay, so the question was, who continually beat them? That answer, Evil Geniuses. Snipe down Lethal Lunchbox Roy with Coach Towie. Was Roy our boy? I got something right. It was Roy our boy. All right. Now, let me make sure that that is consistent. It is. So, EG squad dominant through H2A. Okay. It very much. Yup. All right. <laughs> they were. So there you go. Um, okay. That was Halo 2 anniversary, right? Consistent second place finishes basically across the board. Yep. Then Halo 5 happened. Now, X Games 2016. This was the big pivotal moment where Lethal left Evil Geniuses to go on the CLG team. CLG drops uh, Ogre 2. Okay. Everybody thought, oh my God, what the hell are you doing? You're consistently been winning. Why leave? Turns out, EG, I guess, was right in that regard. That CLG squad took second. Now, it was a hard-fought battle. They took second. Then they didn't take second for quite a while. Halo World Championship North American Regional Finals in 2016, the Halo World Championship 2016, the HCS Summer 2016 season, ESL Burbank Summer 2016, ESA Orange County 2016, all first place. All of them. But then, the fall 2016 season, they take second. ESL Burbank, fall 2016, they take second. I mean, second, second, but it's nothing to scoff at. But then they kept winning. So UGC St. Louis 2017, ME Las Vegas 2017, and the Halo World Championship 2017, they won. Then things start to take a little bit of a turn, right? UMG Daytona 2017, they took second. But the HCS Summer 2017 season, they took first. Then the Splice roster came on the scene. So, at that point, DreamHack Atlanta 2017 in the fall 2017 season, they took second. DreamHack Denver, they came back and took first. And then Orlando 2018, Columbus 2018, the 2018 World Championship, New Orleans 2018, they all took second. And there you have it. Royal 2, in my mind, now I don't know how this bracket's going to shape up according to votes, but in my mind, he's easily top four, if not first. Like, he's un unfucking believable And uh, just from my end here, I'll just throw in the stats from the Halo 5 perspective, because that's what was 
able to be tracked. Yep. 2.21 KAD, 1.39 KD, um, highest out of all pros. Highest out of all pros. In oh. just Halo 5. Yeah, I mean, you. Uh, even though that EG squad was dominant in H2A, second place is throughout still pretty damn good. Exactly. And when that CLG roster formed, when they picked up Frosty, it was they were on fire. Lights out. The question then was, who can beat these guys? Their work ethic, the time they put into the game was unmatched, unrivaled, and they had it locked down. And I remember when, when it, before we even started this show, when Halo 5 competitive was first starting up, and I didn't like them at all. I thought they were full themselves. Like, I just, I didn't like them. Then I come to find out that, no, it's just, they're not, they're not being quiet because they're, they're full of themselves. They're being quiet because it's their job. Like they're, they're fully committed to taking first place to winning any means necessary. They were focused. It was just the laser focus. They Uh, were. And it did, it did come off as that arrogant, like we're, you know, we're better than everyone at right. first, but that right. that's, you just didn't know what was going on. Exactly. Then I looked into it more and I'm like, Oh my, no, these, these guys are the new England Patriots. They just, they do their job. They, simple as that. They got, they, they found their, I'm not even gonna say missing link, but they found exactly what they needed with frosty. They needed that new blood with the new game. Right? They found this up and coming kid out of nowhere. This kid makes a name for himself. And they go on a historic, a historic Halo Esports tear. The likes of which hasn't been seen since your instincts, your final bosses. They are un equivocally, undeniably one of, if not the best Halo rosters, period. And that roster wouldn't have been the same without Royal 2. The stats say it, plain and simple. Now, the K- the KDA being over a 2, that's insane. Now, he had great teammates as support, but the fact of the matter is he stayed alive. He helped his teammates out with shots. A two over a two KDA is insane in a, in a professional level. And the fact that he made that was consistent and that's what he ended his halo five career with. Yeah. In my opinion, he, he is arguably the best player that we have on this bracket. There's a reason why he's seated as number one. So, that's what I got to say. We'll see how the votes shake out. We're leaving it up to you. Go vote in the poll that Josh will be posting on our Twitter. Yes. Please let us know who you want to win the matchup. It's going to be exciting to run through these every week. And um, just I think once we get through the first week, matchups are going to start getting real interesting. They are. And we're going to see how um, how everyone stacks up. Um I would have I, I would appreciate it if it wasn't completely a popularity contest. If people took some uh, some thought 
but you know it's it's the Twitterverse. What's it, it's gonna whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. Realistically, did you see the most recent like the the tie that happened? Yes. And did you see what the response was? Roy, uh, he bowed out. Yep, rightfully so. Now, I do commend him for doing this. Oh yeah, I think it was it was the it was the nice it was the nice and smart thing to do. Took the high road. And I'm gonna say this. Frosty in the HCS era is undeniably a better player than Roy in the HCS era. Plain and simple. There's no denying it. You can look I mean, everywhere. Frosty is simply better. So, but but let me let me just throw this. Yep. If you take H2A, Roy was number one throughout H2A he on was. that squad. He was. But so, Absolutely. So then, but then you you so then this comes back the whole argument is how do you debate one game versus another when they're so different right so i feel like it's one of those things where like you could realistically argue either player Mm -hmm. just based off of what game they're playing right but predominantly over the last five years we saw more of halo 5 than we did h2a right and not only that but you see royal 2 was a consistent threat throughout the entirety of both Right, H2A and Halo 5. Mm-hmm. Roy was realistically only a threat in H2A. As soon as Halo 5 came out... Are you talking... Because it was a tie between Roy and Lethal, right? No, Roy well, and Frosty. Roy and Frosty, sorry. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so when, you, when Halo 5 came on at that point, Roy was consistently tapering off until he left. Right, but when Frosty was just only getting better, was he was Frosty around during H two A? I guess I don't know. No, so that's another thing. Two different games, two different players. Right, I don't believe Frosty was around in H two. I don't think he was. But it's just, yeah, that I can definitely see the argument for that. But I'm just overall because you're right. We saw Halo Five more. There are more Halo Five events than H two A. I think overall Frosty's just more dominant. Player. Yeah. Sure. Um. All right. So that brings us next week. We're going to go to our other side of the bracket where it's going to be Shotzi Ooh. up against Saiyan. Ooh, okay. So this is going to be a good one. Two new ones. Two newbies five coming at it. This will be good. It'll be a good one. I'll, be, I'll come more prepared because Josh... Had, like, there was emotion behind that. Like, yeah, I'm I excited. remember these events that I watched. And, oh, yeah. I'm I mean, very excited. This is good right. shit. All right. It's really good. Um, Will. That does it for our topic, right? That does it for the topic, which means it's time for. Yes, Josh. Well, I'm, I'm waiting for you to write. Yeah, there you go. It's time for the regular news. First and foremost, Halopedia is 15 years old. This is by Halopedia on Halopedia.org. Just a few quick topics I want to talk about. First and foremost, they talk about the merger with Halo Nation. They talk about the Halopedia website archives, which is huge. And they also talk about Onyx, a new skin for Halopedia. Check out everything in the article that's included within the Google Doc of the show notes of the show. You can read all of it. It's all there. Next up, the latest MCC PC flight is now live. Invites have already gone out. This is It's been going on for over a week. The duration is from October 29th to November 5th, which is today. But there's an update that happened today. 
This has been extended for at least another week. So if you're in the Insider program and you got accepted into the flight for PC for Reach, you have it for at least another week. Congratulations. Next up, the MCC development update for October 2019. This is by Postums over on HaloWaypoint.com. Big information. I'm not going to talk about settings and all that stuff. I'll dwindle that down. But a, a few very key pieces of information that were in this article, I want to touch on them. First up, MCC PC crossplay and cross progression. When Halo Reach comes out and is available on the Xbox One, Steam, and the Windows 10 Store, crossplay will be available for multiplayer between the Steam and Windows 10 Store versions of the game. At launch, we will not support Xbox and PC crossplay. But as we've said previously, this is something the team will monitor and evaluate over time. If you own on both the Xbox One and PC versions, however, you'll be able to load up on either and your campaign progress will be unlocked appropriately on each platform as progress is made. Please note that mid-mission saves will not transfer between PC and console builds as they are not compatible. To me, that is very unfortunate. It was expected because they hinted at this before, but I'm very, very disheartened that it's not going to be there at launch. I was thinking with the amount of progress that they've been making that there'd be something that they would do at launch. Now they said they'll be working on it, looking at it, but it is still unfortunate to see because my hope was going to be that I would realistically just be able to get rid of my Xbox One. But it's okay. Halo Reach matchmaking. Here's the latest snapshot of the current matchmaking offerings the team is planning for Halo Reach's launch. There's a lot of them. You can read through them within the article. Again, there's a lot. Check them all out. They talk about competitive, firefight, social, all of it. And then, please note that those matchmaking settings are subject to change between now and the launch. And of course, the team will be actively monitoring game data and listening to player feedback for ongoing post-launch adjustments and additions. We have uh, received feedback from flighting in relation to the damage models for Melee and the Halo Reach Team Hardcore settings, and we've resolved this inconsistency. Specifically, in the flight build, it took four shots in a melee to defeat an opponent compared to the Legacy, where it was three shots and then melee. This issue has been investigated, and I'm told a fix has been made to the settings based on your feedback, so thank you for bringing it to our attention. Customization and Progression When Halo Reach joins MCC, several new key features will go live for the entire game. One of these new features is an all-new progression system that will keep track of keep track of and allow you to level up a global rank across all titles available in MCC. For PC, you will only have Halo Reach to start, but for those playing on the Xbox, all multiplayer matchmaking in the collection will give you experience points to level up. For the first season, you will earn points to unlock content for character customization in Halo Reach. Customization uh, is something the team really strives for in MCC to deliver a true spiritual successor of Halo Reach. We do not have a final list available for the armor pieces you will be able to use, but in terms of parts of both Spartan and Elite customization, it will mirror what is available in the original Halo Reach on Xbox 360. This means that Spartans will be customizable to very specific slots of your armors, while Elite customization will be at a set level like the original title. Below are the Spartan customization slots. Helmet, left shoulder, chest, wrist, utility, visor color, knee guards, and armor effect. New settings and updates options. In the article, they detail PC-specific settings, accessibility settings, 
So you can read the article for the full list. Recommend you do so. All right. The big one here. Reach minimum spec for PC. Halo Reach for MCC has been played on many configurations and types of PCs ranging from bleeding edge to near potatoes. Our goal has been to optimize it to run on the lowest possible specs, and we believe we have reached our intended goal. With the help of the Halo Insider program, we have received feedback and monitored how the title has played on a wide range of systems, and below are the currently recommended minimum specifications for the Steam version of Reach on PC. We are in the process of testing more options with integrated graphics, but are not ready to share that information quite yet. The specs will be slightly different for the Windows Store version as well, and will be shared at a later time. So, without further ado, min spec for AMD, you'll need a Phenom 2 and HD graphics 6950. 8 gigs of RAM, you'll get around 51 to 55 FPS. Min spec on NVIDIA, you need an Intel i3, uh, i355, okay, an NVIDIA GTS 450, way old. 8 gigs of RAM, you'll get about 52 to 54 FPS, according to them. For a minimum 1080p spec, you'll need an AMD FX 4100, AMD Radeon R7 360 for a graphics card, again, 8 gigs of RAM, get about 60 FPS. And then for a minimum 1080p spec for NVIDIA, you need an i7-87, well, an i7-870, a GTX 560 Ti, oh boy, 8 gigs of RAM, get about 60 FPS. Now here's, What's fucking bonkers? Min spec 4K for AMD. You'll need an FX 6350, AMD Radeon 480. Again, old, 8 gigs of RAM, and you'll get 60 FPS. For NVIDIA for 4K, min spec, you'll need an Intel i5 3450. An NVIDIA GTX 770. Guys, we're on the 20 series right now. The 770 years old. I think we're talking like seven years. Something like that. Maybe six. Because what? We're at seven, eight, nine, ten. Last, like two years ago. Two, three years ago. Right? Yep. And now 20s. I mean, so that's. If you're going single years, that's just five years, but it was more than that. Right. So we're we're talking, talking old stuff. Yep. Again, eight gigs of RAM, and you'll get 60 FPS. All right, then. That's amazing. All right. Bring it on. That's, oh my God, I love it. All right. Well, that's it for the regular news. And means it's time for Will's Adventures with Anthelovers. That's right. We didn't get rid of it. It's still here. But other games, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the other games. Can't forget those. Um, <laughs> What'd you play this week, Will? Um, played some Modern Warfare. It went well at times. It didn't go well at times. Yeah, man. But I'm I'm overall still enjoying it. Same. The shader installation thing—they gotta fix that. Come on, what's what's happening here? Why? To me too. Why do I have to do this? It's more than like it's been like th- four times for me. That's at this ridiculous. Point. Uh, you just you log into the game and it's like installing shaders. Please wait. I'm like, dang it, why? I don't understand. And then 
I played, tried to play some Halo 5. We tried to play some Halo 5. We did try. Um, I must have been having internet issues or something was going on, but I lagged out within the first few minutes of every map we've loaded into. Yeah, we tried playing two games. Two games. And now, now I was like, I'm done. I, I'm not going to just keep lagging out like this. Yeah, it wasn't fun at all. It was stupid, mm-hmm. uh, realistically. Um, and I don't know what caused it because realistically... Um, we were just on Call of Duty on the on the PC. Yeah. Everything was fine. There was no lagging issues. No, no, you you did drop out. Remember? Did I? Yeah, you complained about it. You said you had an issue with the going into windowed mode and then oh, coming that, back. That and wasn't you... that wasn't with lagging out of the game. That oh, was just just the game being stupid. The game being stupid. Um, that had nothing to do with the internet. That was just got it. My PC freaking out for a second. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was um. You know, I had Vicky was watching a stream on her phone. Everything was fine. I had like good latency in Modern Warfare, and mm-hmm. you think the PC would pull more than from the the, the the box would. So PC was basically only being used for a Discord call at that point, right? And the Xbox was on, and for some reason, just kept lagging out. And then I was also having issues like in the menu with it being really slow. I know you have to be connected to Xbox Live to get into Halo 5, right? So I'm wondering if my, I don't know if it was just my internet, my connection to Xbox Live servers. I don't know what it was, but it was just horrendous. So realistically, I may have gotten like two kills in Halo 5 and then lagged out. That was my Halo 5 experience for the week. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Uh, it wasn't not so much. fun at all. I'm sorry. But it, okay. uh, um, hopefully we can get that solved. Hopefully. Josh, what'd you play, man? I played Smelter Worlds. So we are kicking into high gear for my game of the year rundown. Oh, yeah. Yep. So I have my calendar booked out till the end of the year on what I'm going to be playing, like on my own time. So The Outer Worlds is one of those games. Excited to finish it. Uh, I played some Grid racing game. It's a good time. I enjoy it. Played some Call of Duty Modern Warfare. That game is fun, but very, very frustrating. I also attempted Halo 5. As soon as you got kicked out, I left. So I wasn't going to deal with that. Uh, And then I also have been playing the Halo Reach PC Insider Flight. How has that been going? Very, very well. I like it a lot. I obviously don't like Bloom, but it is playing remarkably well. Are you playing with controller? Yes. I played with both, but mainly controller. And yeah, it plays really well. And I was also playing on Wi-Fi because I don't have Ethernet up in the master bedroom, which is where I had to move the computer to and whatnot while we prepped the house to sell. Um, But yeah, even playing on Wi-Fi, no network issues, Nothing like that. Didn't see any like rubber banding or anything like that. No noticeable lag. Everything was pretty damn smooth. Very happy with it. Awesome. Also made me realize how much I miss Firefight. I never experienced Reach Firefight, so. Well, you will. Eventually. You will, Will. Okay. Yes. Sounds good. (laughs) No, it's really good. Um, And I'm excited that it got extended because I'm going to... You need to stop over and give it a shot too. Sure. Yeah. 
need to get you on the sticks or on the keys. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I got yeah, you got it. Um, no, it's it's a good time. I'm excited. I'm I'm very happy that they extended it because I haven't had enough time to really dive into it. You know, work life, all that shit. So, I'm excited to continue playing it. That's all I got. Will. Yeah. It's time for some shout outs. <laughs> Happy 15th birthday to Halopedia. Already talked about it before. I'm going to say it again. You guys are fantastic. Keep up the great work. Keep doing what you're doing. Here's to another 15 years. And finally, shout out to Dragonite for being an, an amazing person. So, Dragonite put out a tweet. I want to say this. Well, folks, it's official. I'll be working on the DreamHack Atlanta Halo Pit. So, come say hi to your friendly neighborhood Dragonite. For those who don't know this man, he also worked the Halo Pit at Halo Outpost Discovery. It's where we met him face to face. He is seriously one of the nicest people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting in my entire life. I'm not just talking about in Halo. I'm talking about pure, like in life period. So positive too. He really, really is. So if you are a DreamHack Atlanta, please make it a priority to go say hi to him. Um, fuck. Tell him Will and Josh set you. Yeah. From HCS Pro Talk. We we're, we plan on having him on the show, as a matter of fact, to, te- to talk about Outpost and so on and so forth. And actually, I think it would be great to have him on because he could talk about Atlanta, too. Work in the pit in both scenarios. Seeing the similarities, the differences, what it takes to do that. All that stuff. I think it would be great. Well, that's it for the shout-outs. Time for some community creations. First and foremost, Meme Saturday. Still wish it was Monday, but it's not. Move it back, please. Please? It sounded way better. It's memes on Reddit. You know you know the drill. Check out the link. Isn't like Reddit 99% memes at this point? Right? It feels like it. It is. Yeah. It really does. Next up, Clips of the Week, Volume 25 by High Tech Redneck. YouTube, check it out. It's great stuff. Then we have uh, Pixel Flare Studios Halo Renders. This is by Pixel Flare. They are phenomenal. Will, if you click on that Twitter thread and you look at those, your mind will be blown just as much as mine was. At least I think they will be. Remember when we talked about his ODST render? Yeah. Like, how awesome was that, right? Pretty good stuff here, man. It's just, it's so good. So good! So good! Okay, um... <laughs> I'm tired, man. You know? Hey, yo, you gotta do what you gotta do. And you know what else I'm gonna do? What's that? I'm gonna say this. Because we're recording at a different time than we normally do, another community creation, Clips of the Week number 26 by High Tech Redneck is out right now. Which means I'm gonna include it in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show. So check that out, too! All the clips of the weeks is great. Is great. That's what I got to say. All right, man. Hey, Will. Yeah. We made it to the end of the show. New format. Breathing fresh air into the show. It was a long one this week. Yeah, it was. It was. But we, we warned people ahead of time. Yeah. That post came in expectations are set. The future's looking bright for Halo Esports. 
I can't wait, man. Really hope that roadmap, the 12-monther. Super excited. Will, before we set this, before the sun sets on another episode, do me a favor. Yeah. Plug the show. You can find us on your favorite podcast services. Just search for HCS Pro Talk. Where? We're on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and others as well. Like Pocket Cast. Yeah, that's your favorite. Oh, yeah. If you like the show, if you don't like the show, leave us a review at least so we know what we're doing, wrong or good, and let others know about the show. You can find us on Discord. Join the community discussion. Where a lot of discussion has been taking place about that article. Yes, it has. Yes. Links will be provided within the Google Doc of the show notes. You also can find it, I believe, on our Twitter. You can. Will. You can join our Xbox Club or Spartan Company. Search for HCS Pro Talk on your Xbox. Don't know why you would, but it's there. Hey, you never know. You also can find us, like I just mentioned, on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Mixer, Twitch, and Esportspedia. Search for HS Pro Talk on your favorite platform. Hell yeah. I'm excited for, uh, you know, we, we, we haven't done a lot on these platforms yet, but just stay tuned for some Mixer and Twitch stuff. Huh? 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 Down the, it's in the pipeline. Right? I am so, I am so excited to have a video show, Will. I'm not kidding. Do you, do you want you want to know something stupid? Oh no! What? I'm not kidding when I say this. In my head, I constantly am replaying like a hype slash slash promotional video in my head of the video show that we're gonna have. Like I have this idea. I'm telling you, man. I've had this idea for so long, and to be so close to finally bring it to fruition, I I'm just. I'm so excited. So excited. Josh. Will. Will you tell the nice people out there what we have on the next episode? Well, hopefully they're nice. You know, because if they're naughty, they ain't getting presents from Santa. Oh, no. (laughs) No, but seriously, on the next episode of HCS Pro Talk, Will, it's episode 100. It is. It is our 100th episode of this show. Can you believe that? Crazy, man. Oh, my God. Which means... Oh, wow. Well... What's that? After that, we're four episodes away from our two-year anniversary. Well, not not necessarily, because we had had interview shows in between. Um, That's true. I'm going to go... I'm going to pull the official first release date. And figure that out. Sounds good to me. Actually, I could probably do it on my phone real quick. Go ahead and keep talking to Josh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> While we inevitably stall like we always do, uh, on the next episode, we're going to talk about our second matchup of the HCS Pro Talk Community All-Star Bracket, or HPTCASB for short. You already heard what the matchup's going to be, but Will? I'm, I'm going to just relay what it was again. It's going to be Shotzi going up against Saiyan. Stay tuned for that matchup. Stay tuned for the link for the poll on who you think should move on between Royal 2 and Stellar. 
in our bracket. Stay tuned for the tweet in regards to the bracket itself. I mean, we're going to be posting it everywhere. Make sure you fill out your bracket once it gets posted. Send it into us. Be entered into the bracket competition where you could win an HTS ProTalk backpack and shirt. Because how amazing would that be? Pretty goddamn amazing, I can tell you that much. Will, have I stalled long enough? Have you have you found the date? So, um, no. It was, it was in January, wasn't it? Well, here's, so I was oh, just no. looking on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And it, and it goes by date, yep. and it starts counting down, and then it gets down to our 23rd episode. Then it starts going back up. So I, I, I need to look somewhere else here. But nonetheless, it was a January, February start, middle of winter. It was cold. I got it. You, you found it? January 3rd. January 3rd. So it's, yeah, beginning of the new year. January 3rd, 2018. We're close. Yeah, we are. Six episodes, seven episodes away. Right. Not that far off from the four. Awesome. Stay tuned for that. I don't know what the hell we're going to do. Probably stop this. (laughs) (laughs) We're just done. The the roadmap gets released. We're like, well, this is fun. Anyway. We're not going anywhere. No. We have a video show to do. Lots of Halo to come. We do. It is. Yeah, a lot. Stumbling over my words at this point. It's late. It's 10.37 p.m. Central Time let's, right now. Let's let's get this done with, man. So Why? You don't want to stall any longer? You don't want to make this a three-hour-long episode, Will? I'm good, man. I'm All really right. good. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for episode 99 of HCS Pro Talk. I want to thank you very much for listening. Thank you for uh, letting us go through the entire future of HCS Post. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed. And... Uh, well, I have another idea for what we should do next episode. Okay. It's, uh, let's go through some of the comments for what people's reactions are to the post itself. Tashi's looking for that feedback. He even put out a tweet. He's asking for feedback. Let's go through what some of that feedback is. Positive, negative, whatever it may be. We can dive in a little bit deeper on it as well. Cool? Cool. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. We'll catch you next week. Where we're going to talk about some more competitive Halo. But until then, bye bye